All right, hello, welcome to Adventures in Lollygagging. We are here, and we're going to play some Mothership tonight. Another Mothership one-shot. We're going to rip one here, because uh, our buddy Aaron is having a wonderful birthday celebration, so no Conan tonight. And uh, uh, Ashley, our, our our dear, beloved Ashley, is roasting as her AC is broken. And Long, well, he's just a dick, and uh, he's not here. Uh, <laughs> but we do have... AC. We do have some uh, some other folks who have joined us. Uh, we have uh, we have Jeremy, who you see on Mondays all the time. Uh, we also have John, who's actually played and in, uh, in run a game for us before in the past, uh, way back when we played some trophy and you ran some Star Wars. So uh, and you see him all the time in chat as uh, as Captain Crying. So we're gonna we're gonna jump in. We're gonna play a little Mothership. Uh, everyone here, with the exception of John, I think has played before. Uh, not a very difficult game, uh, and uh, kind of OSR D one hundred, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Last time around, we played this about a week and a half ago, or maybe two weeks ago, and uh, mm. Jeremy was the only one who survived. Jeremy was the only one who survived. Uh, because I ran away. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And, and there was back. another survivor. That's true. Actually, there. two survivors. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, so anyhow, uh, we are gonna, we're going to be playing a game, uh, a scenario called The the Horror on Tau Sigma 7. Uh, it's a... Uh, it's a game by was it by Magnum Galaxy Games? It's a it's sort of a prequel to a like a shorter mothership campaign that someday I want to run uh, called uh, Dying at Hard Light Station, which has like just so many diehard references. Like the whole thing is just like a big diehard reference, and I'm, I'm a fan. Uh, so at some point we will we'll, we'll probably bust that out. Uh, but this is like a little prequel to it. It's a one shot scenario. Uh, if you want to see a link for it, I think I put up a, a command just t a t a u. Uh, you can kind of get a link to their to their itch page and get a get a copy of it for yourself. But uh, none of that. Instead, we're just going to dive right in, uh, and uh, we'll introduce and develop characters as we go, uh, as per usual, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Any questions before we get started? Any uh, any concerns? Anything we want to get off their chests? No. 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 Okay. All right. They're in the right place. Everyone's in the right place. Okay. All right. So uh, what I'm gonna do. Is I'm gonna roll a couple random stuff for myself here, and this is going to determine. Um, I'm just, basically, I'm just determining who uh, who's gonna get introduced first, and then we're gonna go. Uh, okay, so let me get a little music going, and then we'll start up. Let's see. Sometimes I yeah. There we go. All right, so we open up. We see a drop pod. Uh, coming down from the sky uh, onto the surface of Tau Sigma 7, which is a, a small planetoid along the outer cluster of a system. Uh, the the planet is not uh, not unlike Mars, I would say. Uh, it's uh, it's kind of got this red-orange coloring to it. These hills that you see expanding off as far as the eye can see, most of them are craggy, fairly unforgiving, rigid in every manner. Uh, not all, but uh, but most. Uh, we can see that there are, as we're, we're, we're coming down on this drop pod, and again, it's just a drop pod, it's not a ship. We see scattered planes and plateaus. We see craters as well that are kind of visible here or there in the scent. And the pod very gently comes down, uh, not uh, not too far from a uh, one of these craters, one of these small, clearly looks like an impact crater. Uh, and we watch as a group of individuals uh, begin to emerge uh, from a, from a hatch uh, in the in the side of this this pod. 
Uh, and as much as it pains me to say this, the first, uh, the first person we see is Marino. So Steven, tell us, uh, tell us what we see as Marino pops out of this hatch onto this dusty red-orange planet. You see an Adonis, just the peak physical human condition. Uh, he was a record-setting athlete in his prior career. Uh, he has since joined uh, the space military, uh, whatever force we're calling this. Um, and he is wearing the standard battle dress. Uh, he's carrying a smart rifle. And he's got a patch on his right arm that says, suck it up. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to say that we are not necessarily officially part of a military organization the way you might be thinking of it. Instead, we are a, uh, you're a corporate force. Uh, and you're working okay. under, yeah. yeah, that kind of thing. So it's more of a, a hired uh, militia, so to speak. Um, better pay that way. Exactly. Definitely better pay. Not better, you know, that's not the right way. All right. So the next thing we see coming up from behind uh, is we see uh, we see a fellow by the name of Jack Crow. And here's the thing, Stephen. I would like you as Marino. There's for some reason... You feel very obligated to protect Jack Crow. There's something about your history or something about your connection that that has kind of driven you to ensure that that Jack's okay. You're always kind of watching out for him. You're looking out for him, whatever it might be. Uh, why is that? Why do you why do you feel obligated to protect him? Well, you know, back in my prior career, I, I was a very successful quarterback, and. Uh, Crow was a second string quarterback that I took under my wing and mentored and really just taught him the ropes. And while he never like set league records the way I did, uh, he, he had potential and I helped him realize it. Who are you again? Dano uh, the Marino. He's Dano the Marino. Okay. Sorry, I don't know that name. Okay, John, we're yes anding now. Uh, so as we see, as the, as, as Marino clears the hatch, we see stepping out of the hatch behind him on both of you. I would imagine you've, you know, you've got your, your weapons, your scanners, whatever it might be, your equipment, you're dressed in kind of your standard attire. Uh, what do we see? How, what does Jack look like as he drops down out of the hatch onto the ground? What do we see there, John? Jack, Jack, <clears throat> Jack Crow or Crow, Jack Crow is a, he, he's something of an angular, angular faced, uh, bit of a bit of a grizzled man. Some scarring on his, some some light scarring about his face. He's been, he's been something of a light, light lifelong in the, the business of getting the ever loving crap beat out of him. Uh, so. Okay. And as uh, as you and Marino, as Crow and Marino kind of spread out, one of you going one way, kind of veering north, one of you veering south, just kind of keeping an eye out. You've not been told that this is an inhabited planet. Like it's a very desolate, you know, desolate rock. Um, and you, you have a job, Nakatomi uh, Solutions has sent you here. You're specifically looking uh for for these signals he's then you can you and you've landed the pod has landed relatively close and one of you probably has a little scanner out and you're kind of tracking it and so while the two of you split off uh we see coming out uh of the uh of the hatch behind you we see pharaoh vasco uh pop out now the thing is uh jack you um 
you secretly hate Pharaoh Vasco for some reason. And uh, just for our benefit, Pharaoh doesn't know this, but for the rest for the rest of us that are watching that are in your head right now. Why is it that Jack Crow hates Pharaoh Vasco? What is it? Anyone else can feel free to offer suggestions. <laughs> she played Please. for the Jets. Oh, why do you got to do that? <laughs> oh, man. That works. That works. Pharaoh okay. <laughs> is not the nicest of people. I mean, so okay. if I can offer Jack, a... Uh, to be honest, with knowing Jack, it's probably asked questions that required more than three words to answer. Okay. Okay. Just uh, a little... <laughs> Okay, yeah. So you, she's a little intrusive, maybe, like naggy a little bit, kind of. Okay, Ask, fair enough. Asks or or just asks Jack questions in general. Uh, doesn't want to talk about his past career. Doesn't want to acknowledge that he knows certain people. Like, was okay. I looking at the right corner for the stream? Um, okay. Oh, okay. There we go. Right corner for the stream. Okay. That's okay. So don't worry about the stream as everything's all over. But now as you as that as, as you kind of pan off, we see Pharaoh. So what does Pharaoh look like, Melissa? What do we see when she hops out of the hatch? So Pharaoh has standard battle dress. Uh, she's got uh, kind of tucked around her belt. Uh, she's got a combat knife and a vibrachetti. She looks kind of she's got kind of dark hair cut short uh she looks tough um she definitely you know kind of takes things on she also though it, yes she asks questions she is interested in details um one of the things that she's got kind of hanging off of her um belt also is is this little kind of bag of ashes um and whenever anyone is sort of like smoking or anything like that she's just always sort of like collecting all of you know kind of like ashes and, and different things like that so she's a bit fastidious and uh very curious about details okay so as marino fans out one way crow fans out another you kind of take the middle and then we see hopping out of the hatch behind you. Well, we see two figures pop out. I'll let Jeremy describe them both. But the but the first one we see is is Dragon, clearly an android. As I would say, there's some there's a very some circuitry that's maybe revealed. But but everyone knows it's an android, not secret in any particular way. But Pharaoh, uh, despite the fact that there is sometimes uh, an unsettling feeling people have towards androids, for some reason, the two of you kind of hit it off. You bonded over the dumbest thing imaginable, like like something absolutely so like like you just had the same favorite like flavor of potato chip or something that silly and dumb. But for some reason, that thing bonded you two together. So what is that dumb thing that you and Dragon uh, bonded over? Uh, yeah, so I would say that Pharaoh and Dragon have the same very old movie that we both think is just fantastic. And no one today has any interest in this movie, um, but we find it charming. Uh, nice. And I'm going to let Dragon pick that movie. What is the movie, Dragon? I actually legitimately have a friend 
from college that that's how we became good friends and it's Phantom of the Paradise. It's amazing. You should watch it. Okay. We will look up Phantom of the Paradise. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. It's so good. All right. So while you're talking, Jeremy, why don't you tell us what we see, uh, what Dragon looks Mm -hmm. like, and then who this other thing, person that's hopping out of the hatch immediately behind you. Uh, So tell us a little bit about, uh, about Dragon. I began my career as Protocol Droid, designation DR460N. However, since my original uh, birth, as you might say, I have seen some shit. And so upon my frame, I have repurposed several additional pieces of armor. I have a smart rifle, and I have a patch on my shoulder that says, Get Fucked. Next to me, I have a lovely German Shepherd named Air Jones. It used to belong to my previous friend, Marta. Marta died a terrible death. I ran away, but she said it was okay to leave her because it was a very bad situation. And Hera Jones has really become very friendly with you, uh, sticks by you. Uh, it's been, mm. you know, has some interesting behavioral traits from time to time. Doesn't always act like a dog. Uh, Indeed. Kind of- I'm not entirely sure it is truly a dog or one of the terrible creatures that we encountered there that could create doppelgangers of other life forms. However, it looks, acts, and sounds like Air Jones, so I've decided to accept it as such. And you're pretty sure that they uh, they actually seem to care about you. Like you, you can see like very often, especially in in other company, they do the class. You know, they lick your hands and they uh, they make sure that uh, they show you affection here and there. So they like whether they're the real Hair Jones or some doppelganger Hair Jones, it doesn't really matter uh, because no. you two get along. Uh, so for some reason though, Dragon, um, there's one particular person that, uh, both Hair Jones and yourself seems to distrust. Hair Jones, uh, whenever he kind of looks over towards Pharaoh, whenever Pharaoh gets a little too close to you, you can tell there's a little bit of a growl. There's a little bit of flattening of the ears and, and you just, you also kind of sense it. You don't really trust her as far as you can spit. Why don't you trust Pharaoh? And and what is it about uh, what is it about her that has kind of led to this uh, this particular state that you're in with yourself and with uh, with Hair Jones? Ooh, <clears throat> well, she's got good taste in movies, but her eyes. Oh, I'm dark. sorry. I didn't. Not Pharaoh. My bad. I'm sorry. It goes all the way back to Marino. My bad. This is this oh. is Marino. It's oh man, back. I was I hoping we would all not like Pharaoh. <laughs> no. <Wow>. Okay. <laughs> now, Steven. I apologize. Because so. I'm a Jets fan. Oh yes. Oh, it's two of us on the, the nice. panel. Nice. Welcome. Okay. So also, I'm pretty sure he roided up and cheated. How dare you? Oh. I have never taken steroids while. Pr- while training for the league, okay? So, as all of you... I heard your qualifier that you ended to the end of your sentence. <laughs> he's, uh, yeah, he, he shoots up now. Is that what it is? It's like he's he's a little bit a little bit in his older I'm, age. I'm I was aging, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You look you're... like a hot dog that was left in the hot summer sun. Okay. All right. So, as... All of you get out of the, the pod. You kind of check your scanners. You begin to descend down this little impact crater. And eventually you see, and it's not a very big impact crater. It's very, it's very relatively small. And you can see at the, at the, at the bottom of it, uh, there is exactly what you've been looking for, which is what's called uh, an ADP, an automated deposit box. 
Uh, you can see that it's branded by, uh, by Nakatomi Solutions. You see their logo, which has somehow survived entry. Uh, and uh, otherwise, it's, a, it's about a little bit bigger than a person. Uh, it's metal. You can see there's various in trays that can be pulled out. Something can be stored. Uh, you also notice that there is a, a rudimentary microphone box uh, and a CRT screen interface as well. And as the, the four of you and Herr Jones uh, approach, you can see that this screen uh, goes and starts booting up a bit. And uh, you hear a very cool, very pleasant uh, automated voice uh, say, please input your alphanumeric code. Uh, which you would have as you have effectively you have responded to a job posting by Nakatomi Solutions and by bidding on it, you were given an, this very alphanumerical quote. So why don't you input it and you can see that the screen changes. There's this big pixelated thank you that comes across the CRT screen echoed by the voice. Thank you for your alphanumeric code. And then you see the screen shift and it's almost like it's reading and then like there's a half stick half second of lag as the text comes up after and you hear the voice and it says rare metal deposit key type nm109 detected on tau sigma 7 request ground team for site access and sample retrieval hazard level 2 geology unstable biology unconfirmed and you can see that as that little opening salvo comes, there's like extra lines that are typed underneath and you're, you're effectively being tasked with going to a specific coordinate, not too far from here and retrieving a specific metallic sample. And as that's happening, you see the CRT screen shift and there's this sort of crude, like very laggy topographical map that shows up. And it maps out a route for you. And it's a very short route, maybe 15 minutes away to the west. Like there's a, a cavern just to the west of where this in, impact crater is. And you see this pixelated kind of flashing light that seems to be underneath. And so it suggests that the, the metal sample that you're supposed to retrieve seems to be subterranean, something beneath. Uh, and then it's just sort of kind of flashing. Do you have any questions? Uh, direction? Would you like me to we... display the topographical map once more? You betcha. <laughs> <laughs> I am sorry. Please repeat. Unclear. <laughs> you betcha. I am sorry. Please repeat instructions. He said unclear. yes. Yes. <laughs> and then you see the topographical map show up again, and it maps your route. And it's just about fifteen minutes west of you. Uh, there is a, a cave system that you're going to. Do we have like a vehicle we can take, or are we hoofing it? Uh, and you hear the voice come on. Nakatomi Solutions has not efforted a vehicle. You must hike. Well, I'm in pretty good shape, so I could use another workout. You all ready to go? Uh, hike. Okay. Uh, any other questions we should ask? I already I hiked. I want Dano to have more chances. He's already going. <laughs> so How unstable your... is the unstable geology? Unclear. 
So uh, as you guys are getting ready to go, you hear, uh, for extraction, please place NM109 sample in ADP in tray. Nakatomi Solutions will be automatically notified of compliance. Ships will be tasked with your extraction. Report to Hardlight Station for payment. Okie dokie. Okay. So you guys begin to sort of travel away. And you kind of go up the crater and you look around and it's a very cold, uh, kind of a cold red planet. And most of you are in some sort of gear that's kind of protecting you from some of the, the, the some of the winds that are kind of sloshing through here and there. It's, it's again, it's not a place that is known to be inhabited, but at the same time, it's it, it has elements that might suggest this is a, you know, it's there's there, it's not the most uh, uninhabitable planet either. But eventually, you find yourselves as you're traveling for a bit, uh, about 15 minutes away, just west of the crater. You see, uh, you start to see growing on the on the horizon this uh, this kind of outcropping of rock uh, that is relative to some of the other hills and and uh, and mountains that you've seen is is much more rounded uh, than everything else, where everything else was very jagged, uh, almost violently so. Uh, this looks to be a much smoother, as if it maybe suffered erosion of some kind, or, or, or maybe you notice that this outcropping is getting bigger and bigger, and you realize as you're looking at your scanners that this is where you're headed. As you get very close to it, you can see that there's a, a variety of these rounded holes, and what you see now is extraordinarily smooth rock, like very, very smooth rock again, uh, that seems to lead to a fairly hollow interior within this, what almost to some degree looks like a like a dome in some way what do you want to do pharaoh will kind of take a wide angle around scan okay scout i'll go with pharaoh okay i don't trust her so i got to keep an eye on her fair enough that's understandable Pharaoh and Marino, the two of you, uh, you start doing a, you traverse around. And I would say that the, as you, as you go entirely around this outcropping, uh, which more and more is, is appearing a little peculiar in the sense that it, it, it certainly looks to be unlike everything else in the area, rounded by erosion in some manner, or, or just shaved off. You don't even see like crazy striations in the rock or anything like that. All of it's very sanded down and smooth. Uh, you do notice that there are, uh, like there are several holes in it, uh, and all of them are circular or rounded in some particular way. Some of them are at, at like the lower level, but some of them are a little bit higher up. Uh, it's probably a good 30 feet at its, its apex at the very top point, but the walls themselves are kind of curved. Uh, you think you might be able to climb up to some of the higher ones, or you can just kind of cycle in through some of the lower ground. But you think you're seeing tunnel sort of weave in and out. Uh, each of these holes is not particularly big, but it's not to the point where you have to crawl. You can probably kind of crouch walk a bit uh, as you if you wanted to go inside. Um, is there anything in particular you're looking for? Or are you just sort of doing a basic a basic look? Uh, footprints. Tr uh, tracks. Yeah, signs of life. Those lines. Okay. Uh, you notice that the only tracks that you see, especially footprints or tracks or drag tracks or drive tracks or anything like that, the only thing you see around 
uh, and the dirt in the area are your own as you completely circle around. Otherwise, it seems I've, entirely. I've got binoculars too, so every now and then as we're going around, I would just like to scan the horizon, see if there's anything close by. Okay. Uh, roll an intel intelligence check. Excuse me. As you look around. Oh, thank you for this bitch, John. Uh, that is a success. I got a 36, needed a 45. Okay. Uh, a few times uh, as you look around, you think you see, you know, movement of, of some, but once you, you know, something kind of on the horizon, uh, but really it just looks like rolling, you know, rolling clouds and such, maybe a storm front coming in. You don't think it's anything more than that. It doesn't look like a ship or anything. It just looks like dark clouds just rolling around a little bit faster than they normally would. So it's maybe just the nature of this, uh, this planet's, uh, atmosphere in some ways horizon seems clear might be a storm soon do we have like comms to talk between all four uh i'm gonna say yes you do uh as okay, three i would say you, that on the comlin yeah yeah we seem to be the only ones here don't you know it should be noted the um the uh, the combat uh, armor we have explicitly states that we do have comms in it uh, yeah, okay. but only three of you actually have them. Oh. So only three of you are in standard dress attire. One of you is not. So one of you is in a vac suit. So I think it's dragons in the vac suit. But I'm just going to say... I think the vac suit has a mic, too. Okay, perfect. Nice. I think. I'll check. Well, should we you start delving under? This way? Yeah, it's got short range comps. Okay, perfect. Just really want to look down one of those holes before we go under. Well, that's you don't see anything under you just see holes in this spherical domed outcropping and there's just all these circular holes all throughout it just really want to look down oh are they a little like shallow uh i would say no 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 when you look in them they definitely seem like tunnels and they seem to weave their way deeper into this outcropping here uh you uh they are like you could fit in them like they're certainly big enough for you to fit like i said you can't necessarily walk fully upright in them you might have to crouch down a little bit but otherwise you can get through hmm. you're gonna follow me first time all right let's go okay so you push inside and it's a very uh it's a surprisingly circuitous trek and um, more than once you are forced with a, a a choice left right straight sometimes you feel like yourselves are climbing up sometimes you're climbing down and more than once you double back as you start to see the outside once more and but it takes maybe a good 20 minutes or so before you find a path that seems to lead you to what is some sort of centralized you know atrium or, or chamber of some sort and you you notice that it's it, it kind of opens up for once and so like you can stand up for a bit you also see that you, you would guess you're relatively at the center of whatever this dome was and you can see that the ceiling goes up much much taller and you can actually see a small little cut in it like a small hole in the very very apex of this uh, of this dome uh it also looks you're not entirely sure of this but it looks like there might be like on the second or third level uh there might be some ledges and things up there as well uh, the other thing you notice is in this immediate area, in this atrium, on the ground, there is what looks to be a, another 
dome of some sort, a very shallow looking dome, just right there in the center of the ground. Otherwise, it's a it's a relatively plain space. Uh, you you don't really see any kind of adornment. You don't see any equipment on the ground. You don't see any signs of movement. Everything that you've checked for already, but it's just like this semicircular atrium, a couple extra levels, a couple different routes out in that shallow dome in the center. I'll take a closer mm. look at the dome in the center. Okay. You get down there and you're kind of looking at it for a second. Um, maybe poke at it a little bit with your the butt of your gun. Uh, and you feel like this little ting, ting, ting on it a little bit. Um, and you, you think it's hollow. Like it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like thick. Does it sound like rock. metallic? No, 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 no. It sounds, but it sounds like echoey. You can definitely tell the sound of of thick rock versus rock that is, you know, that has some sort of shallow dermis, and then underneath it, it's empty. I'll give it a good hit with the butt of my rifle. See if I could like break it. You, you go ahead. You give it a hit really fast. You see a couple, couple bits of uh, uh, dirt and stuff that was on it, kind of that caked on it, kind of fall off. And you notice as it does so that there is a hole at the center of the dome that as you look down it, as the, the what looks like that dirt, that dust that you just shook free, uh, there are rows of very sharp spikes. Uh, but it doesn't smash entirely right away, like with just one good hit. I mean, it could if you give it some time, but for some reason there's these rows of spikes just down. Like... The spikes are pointed down. Um, it's more like pointed in. So if you if you're looking down from above at the dome, imagine like a, a circular opening, uh, you know, like a you know maybe about six to ten inches in diameter, and all the way down there are these spikes sticking out of it. Can I see so how like far down track? it goes? Uh, looks like maybe about a foot or so. Well, I've never seen anything like this. Anyone have any ideas? This is clearly like the movie Flash Gordon. You must stick your hand in there to prove that you do not have fear. Go ahead. Show us how it's done. I am a robot. I am without fear. To prove anything, it must be done by a noble warrior such as yourself. <clears throat> well, Crow, I've been training you for a long time now. You know, it's time that you step <laughs> up and uh, show your potential. <laughs> Okay, so Crow, you reach your hand down in there, and right as you do, uh, your hand gets almost down to the bottom. Uh, the spikes, the the hole entirely just clamps down on you. <laughs> and Jack, you oh, can no. take <laughs> Jack, you can take five points of damage, but I think you have giggle. armor that I do. a level of seven, so you should be okay. I do. So in oh. this game, it's flat reduction. Uh -huh. If your armor is higher than the damage you would take, you just block all of it and your armor is okay. So, but even though you don't take any damage, your arm you feel now is stuck and you can feel like it kind of clamping down. You're trying to pull out and just, just sort of normal just, pulling your arm out is just not working right now. Bro, pull your arm out. Get just it out of pulling there. The, pulling out the, the combat knife, just start cutting at the spines. Okay, so you're just kind of dan you're just stabbing away and cutting at some of the spikes and just trying to kind of pry it free. Okay, Vera would help with this as well. 
Yeah. Yeah, I'd be standing on the dome trying to just pull him up. Absolutely. No no issues uh, with that at, at, at all. I would say as you're cutting it, Crow and Pharaoh, you get your knife down in there and the two of you are trying to just, just get those spikes, uh, those teeth free. And then as you two are doing that, Marino, you're pulling on Crow on his waist from behind. And as you do, uh, you realize you, you hear a little kind of a click or a, or, or a small little shift of something. And all of a sudden, the dome just kind of opens at this point and you can see it just flaps down and then it kind of comes to this grinding halt and you see it starts to spin and burrow down in for a few feet and then it spreads wide and you realize there's now this trap door uh and you look down it's extraordinarily dark uh you you can't even really see anything but there's about a about a three foot wide circular trap door into and slap crow on the back. Nice work. <clears throat> I'll use my infrared goggles and take a look down there. Okay, so your infrared, what does that give you sight of specifically? I'm just double Let's checking see. it. Let's see what it says. Uh, it doesn't give me a description. But basically, usually you use it to try and see in the dark. Yeah. If, if it's there's just... something of that spectrum. I'll say that what you see as you look down is a very deep and dark pit. Um, You don't see the bottom of it, I would say, Mm -hmm. uh, even with these goggles. But you do notice that if you you have to be very careful lowering yourself down as it seems like there is a a long shaft that goes down into darkness. The center is just a free fall around the edges. You can see there's this sloping uh, there's just kind of not a staircase, but it's just sort of a ramp that seems to to drill down into the earth. I'm unable to see the bottom of this chasm. However, there is the equivalent of a staircase around the edges that we can proceed down. Well, I may not be rank captain, but I'm a good team captain, so I'll go down first. Okay, uh, everyone who goes down, just go ahead and make a speed test as you come down. Uh, we'll see how this works out for you. See whether you get down here and over to the the, the ramp easily without any issues. That's a that fail. is a pass for me. 53 under 65. Very nice. Yeah. Dragon also passed with a 335. Uh, Farrah, you said you failed. Was it a crit fail? No, 49 okay. over 35. All right. And how about, how about Jack? How did Crow do? That would be a regular failure. Okay. So no one falls. Uh, uh, if you crit failed, you would have fell. <laughs> but mm-hmm. as the four of you are are coming, popping down in, Marino, you're leading the way. You manage to lower yourself down, kind of grab on to the edge, and then sort of swing yourself over. Other people try to follow suit. Uh, Pharaoh maybe follows you afterwards, but as she does, she kind of slips and nearly falls. You're managed, though, I would say, Marina, with your success, you managed to catch her before she kind of falls off the ledge. But Pharaoh uh, and and Jack both make sure that you're increasing your stress uh, as you just failed your roll. Uh, and so there is a moment, Pharaoh, maybe where your kind of life kind of flashes behind, but by your eyes, Dragon, you hop in, and then Jack, you come in late. And maybe it's the dog that kind of gets in the way a little bit as he's trying to come down, nearly bumps you guys off. But all of you get down, even though it was a little bit dicey for Jack and for Pharaoh. Now, looking around, uh, you notice that, again, 
it just seems like this it's no there's no steps it's a relatively smooth gradient as it just winds down into this darkness um i would say at this point i'm sure somebody has uh has lights either on their suit or they brought along with it i would say it's perfectly reasonable to say that as you start kind of winding your way down a little bit now as you get down maybe about two flights like two wraps i would say you start to see two things uh, you see, first of all, down that central shaft, that like the, the free fall, the very bottom, you actually start to see something. Uh, you see a, a very faint red glow that actually illuminates the bottom. Uh, you, I would say all of you can feel that the temperature as well is kind of starting to increase. You can feel it, it's much warmer in here than out on the surface. But then the real interesting thing is that as you're moving down, you, you notice on the walls, which are rock, by the way, they're just... Everything's rock here, even though which are some sort of sediment. You see what actually looks like cave paintings. There's just constant band of them as you're sweeping down. This is incredibly interesting. I am specialized in linguistics. I would like to peruse these to see if there's any form of history or communication. Dragon, as you're looking, you... It doesn't look like there's any like hieroglyphics. It doesn't look like there's any language mm. uh, or or writing of any kind. Instead, it's all like pictographic. So mm, it's fairly okay. easy, uh, fairly easy to sort of determine. Now, when you look, you can see as you're moving down, all of you are kind of slowly moving. You're pointing at what you see. You see a group of humanoid figures, dragon, but also these very smaller, much smaller, almost the size of of Henry Jones. Uh, tentacled figures that seem to be marching down into the earth together and they find what looks like these piles of shiny metal and you see like as you continue to weave down like the next freeze you can see they are kind of retrieving and bringing them up to the surface and then you continue watching as you're moving and you realize like you haven't been moving in fact it's actually, you, you think as you've been walking that it's been you just sort of tracking the changes as you spin. But in fact, the group has come to a stop while you're observing these things. And the pictures themselves, the paintings have been shifting. And so you've seen this group of, of humanoids and tentacled figures march down, collect shiny things, return to the surface, celebrate, march down again. But there are many more of those tentacled alien-like figures that seem to be showing than they were before. And you're just much like that, like Rorschach's mass. It's just this shifting right in front of you. You can take a point of stress for that, by the way. Wonderful. Good. So I've had such a good experience with tentacled things. You've been staring at those for quite a while. What can you tell us? Well, I will confess, when we first came here, I was thinking of worm-like or amoeba-like creatures, given the nature of these tunnels. And these paintings do indicate a tentacle-type species that came down, gathered the metal, which I assume is the same one that we've been sent to gather. They would then bring it to the surface and then come back to gather more. But the more they brought up, the larger their numbers became. So clearly whatever this metal is, is also somehow important to the culture of the creatures that live here and influence their ability to 
propagate. Are you saying that these tentacle guys are the ones who made all this graffiti too? It seems a reasonable assumption. I'm unsure of why it has the shifting effects that I am perceiving. Well, we're getting lower and it's getting warmer as we go. Do we have to worry about this metal being radioactive? There are a great number of things that we need to worry about. That is a fair worry. And you Thanks, see Dragon. Pharaoh kind of absentmindedly kind of rub a patch on her arm, which is a patch of the atom symbol at the mention okay. of radioactivity. Did anyone else uh, like peek over Dragon's shoulder to try to see what he saw or to try to like understand it? Jackie did. And it, is, uh, it yeah. is a very it's a very strange description that Dragon provides, especially when he mentions that it's like shifting before his eyes. But when you look over his shoulder, he is not telling a lie. Like it looks very much the same to you. You see the exact same change of things as if the very pictures themselves are, are reforming and reshaping itself. Uh, I would say with your lights, you would notice that the the sediment itself is kind of like a kind of like an off gray. Uh, very light and then whatever it was painted in is sort of like this red paint of some kind this red texture and that's what's kind of shifting and moving and you can also take a point of stress for that it is a little unsettling to watch I want to poke it okay you reach out and you poke it doesn't seem to in, in interrupt its its shift and change and I will say like once it shows once you see like the full process of like them going down, coming up, celebrating, going back down again, except this time with more with more of these tentacled creatures, it, it kind of stops at the end. Almost like it's the end, it's shown you, and you're good now. And you're gonna, you, you kind of poke at it a little bit, and it doesn't seem to affect it in any way, Jack. We'll continue on until we find the source of that red glow. Okay. We have As our orders. As you continue <clears throat> to descend uh, down this uh, this loop, uh, you see more of these cave paintings on each level, but it's the same thing each time. And eventually, uh, you find yourselves at the very base of this shaft. You can see that it is uh, a wide and a very, um, very warm space when you get down here again. Uh, in, you can see the spiral shafts kind of go back up and you notice that there's it's a very wide circular chamber but again it's got that sort of dome like quality you can see that the that where the shaft kind of comes in there is sort of like this this roof that there's ceiling that continues to fold outward and as you look up you can see there's more of those cave paintings that seem to be on the ceiling itself uh, you notice as well that there appear to be a couple openings in the walls uh, like little archways um, that seem to lead down uh, to uh, to sort of different places. Uh, so there looks to be like three different ways out in addition to going back up. What do you guys want to do? I'll uh, um, poke my head around the corner of one or two of those openings, just seeing how far I can look down the hall. Okay. Uh, high or low there, Marino? Always go low. I rolled a one, you know. 
as you peek around, uh, you notice that there are, for the first time, and, and like you and Pharaoh were asking about this before, the first time you actually notice something on the ground uh, to suggest like tracks or path, it looks like there's a, like there's stains. Uh, these kind of like reddish stains of some kind. You're not sure if it's blood. It's still too red to be blood unless it was extremely recent. Uh, but you definitely see there's these stains that seem to be connecting between the path. You just look down and what looks like one of the other archways. You you kind of, you're getting ready to look down that tunnel, but then you notice it on the ground. You can track it back across the chamber to one of the other archways. Um, and when you peek down the one tunnel that you're looking down, uh, you also see that there's like this deep red, that glow is coming from that, from one specific tunnel. Like the other two seem to just be dark at this point. Is um, that tunnel with the glow where the stains are going to? Yeah. So you can see that it's either coming or going from there to one of these other archways. Anyone got any ideas? It could be blood. It doesn't look like it. I doubt it. However, many worm-like creatures do often promote uh, organic excretions, which both allow them to travel more easily as well as coat the surroundings and create a stable uh, tunnel for them to move through. Are you saying those are skid marks? Radioactive skid marks are possible. I'm so happy that you're entering these skid marks first. You're so brave. the way we're going? Um, I think we should go towards the glow. Would that also fit, like, from the positioning of these? Like, if we're thinking of the way that the uh, the paintings are moving, like the direction, would mm-hmm. this be the newest, so to speak? Because we so, can probably assume that they've harvested from the oldest. Uh, so the cave sense. paintings, as you're going down, it was just sort of like a cyclical thing. Like, yeah. it was a freeze, like this constant spiral that right. just Right, so that's what I mean. Like, we get to a spot, and, like, you have... a several choices to be made is this one the one that would probably be the the newest so to speak uh probably not though it does i would say that the yeah i I, yeah i would yeah i would say no i don't want to give you a a false lead oh that's fair i I don't Uh, know go ahead jack so jack would gesture to all of the the cave paintings and just go while saying um I radioactive slug monsters eat metal make baby I so Pharaoh will just kind of get out her vibrachetti at the ready and just sort of pick pick a tunnel and go so the three choices are the one tunnel with that red glow and that trail in the ground one tunnel that has the trail in the ground, but no glow. And then one tunnel that has no glow, no trail in the ground. Glow. Okay. So yeah, I'm uh, hoping the glow is the metal. So the two of you take the lead. Uh, I would say so Farrah, you're out in front. Dan, uh, Dan you were, you were kind of following as well, or you were right there kind of poking. And again, it's a tunnel and it, it curves. It's not horribly circuitous, uh, but you do seem to eventually open up and each each step you can kind of see the, the light getting a little bit brighter here and there you can feel it fairly hot and when you step in uh when you see the 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 tunnel eventually 
give out to a to another room you see it's um some kind of like strangely enough it almost feels like some sort of laboratory of some kind and everything you've seen so far again i want to stress has been it certainly feels like you're just walking on sediment like you don't you haven't really seen signs of like catwalks or tiled floors or anything like that but when you when you come in here you you feel very hot it's very very hot in fact your your suits are are protecting you but you can feel like sweat beginning to pour a little bit further down your your uh, your foreheads and i would say if any of you have suits that kind of give off readings you're getting a lot of like it's very humid as well but you notice that there are these black bioplastic um kind of coats on the wall here and it's like just coating the wall you just see this this mm. the wall itself is this this bioplastic and also the floor so this is the first time you've seen kind of a shift in the floor it almost looks like an oil spill you also notice that there are you see the source of the light as there are these small tanks that are in this room that seem to have like kind of shift and glow and you can see this bright red substance inside of it. Um, and you also notice, uh, I would say I'll give this to Marino as you noticed it before. There's this, not unlike what you saw above, there's this on the ground, there's this little kind of domed, um, you know, kind of domed substance or, or uh, structure, much like up, up, up top, but kind of led to that, that shaft going down. So bioplastic oil spills coating everything, some tanks with glowing red, uh, very, very murky, hard to see exactly what else might be in them. And then that sort of domed like structure, just like above this, some sort of nesting doll dome under dome under dome. Uh, you should check it out. I'm going to go look at the tank over there. So, Pharaoh, you go into, you can take a, a few steps over across the, across the room. You look into one of the tanks and you see inside there is something floating uh, in the red. Uh, it is cephalopod-like. You can see it's about you know, a foot or two or three in length or so. You can see all these different kind of tentacled arms, you know, very, very squid or, or octopus-like basically. Uh, it seems to be just floating there in that tank. You can go ahead and take a point of stress for that too. Just kind of see <laughs> sure. it a little yeah. unnerving. Yep. yep. Uh, you see no equipment either in here. No signs of like computers or anything like that either. So there's a, uh, yeah. So the, the, the drawings from the, 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 the twisty on the way down there's uh, there's those tentacle thingies inside the inside the tank mm. don't Small. touch anything if they're some sort of cryostasis we don't want to wake anything up and uh, she'll step back carefully I, you take a couple steps back and you and, and all of you here and I would say Pharaoh you feel a crunch you look down and there's what appears to be these scattered bits of glass and you look a few feet over like because there's like a series of these 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 tanks and you see one of them 
has been broken and there's glass all over the ground. You just happen to step on a couple. You can see that there's whatever that red liquid is dripping down uh, from the, the parts of the glass that still remain of the tank. And you also notice now that that trail you saw connecting you know, one of these tunnels to another seems to be this red liquid. Is it possible so, to take... I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Is it possible to take some of this uh, bio-plastic material that we've seen on the cave structure? I'm curious to take some of it and see if it can uh, stand up to this liquid that is pouring, if it could, in fact, be protective against it. Okay. Uh, you could take a like a sample of it. You want to you want to mm-hmm. take a sample? Yeah, you can scrape a sample. If you have a, you probably have something in your equipment. You can easily grab that. Um, in terms of whether it would roll, I would say roll some sort of science test. Do you have like chemistry or anything like that? I don't. I've got really good intellect. Like I've got good just general science skills. I don't have anything specifically for that. Just so just rip an intellect. intellect. Yeah, just rip an intellect test. Okay. Wow. I have a 75. <laughs> I, I tried taking this. Uh, come You're on. not. Yeah, there's nothing. Uh, you, you would, it would require additional testing. Like just looking at it, you're not sure. Uh, it, mm. you, it does seem at the very least that the glass is capable of, of holding or containing the liquid other than the one that broke. No looks like it broke relatively recently as you see that there's still drips coming down from it mm. so it looks like the glass at the very least is can can withstand that liquid whether or not the mm. the black spill stuff you're not sure yet which would not be uncommon of acid acid will not go through glass that is but it's much easier to coat ourselves in this bioplastic than it would be in glass I, I thought when I stepped in this, it was a little bit sticky like pop, but now I'm wondering if there's one of those that got out because I looked in that tank and the tank is glass and there was one that was inside and now there's glass and there's that. So does that mean that the one that was like the other one that was inside is now out? Most likely. We should find it. Or we could not find it and we could get our metal and get paid. It is my experience that unknown alien organisms should be avoided unless absolutely necessary. Hey, it sounds good. Think any of this? Gestures around the room. Is the contract metal? No. I would have been checking out the dome uh, while they were looking at the tanks, too. I would say from what you can tell, it looks very much like what you saw above. Like there's a little hole in the top when you kind of clear away uh, some of the some of the, the camouflage. It certainly looks like it has that same kind of line canister spikes coming out of it here and there as well. Um, it looks almost identical. Dragon, would you be saying that you're uh, set, Seth, the pods, uh, whatever they are, would you say that they were putting their little tentacle things in these domes? Indeed. I think they found a way to take the resource that we are seeking, and it has assisted them in their procreation, or at least the gestation of their young. Could we just stick any any old item in this to get it to open? 
Do you think the spiky thing I stuck my arm in was meant for squid tentacles? I think in general, most of these tunnels were meant for something of a tentacle-like nature. Could we find like a pipe or something around here? I know there are tanks. I know there's not much gear. Just something that we can stick in there. Doesn't look like there's any any pipes uh, that are like loosened on the ground or anything like that. Um, the tanks themselves, you're not even sure exactly. They're just sort of like adhered to the wall and the and the floor. Like they don't really you don't really see anything pumping into or out of them in any particular way. It's not clear. Uh, and again, there's like nothing around here that suggests like your usual sort of scientific equipment. Um, doesn't look like there's anything around. Uh, you have All weapons right. and equipment on your own, though. So if there's something that you wanted to try, you're welcome to do that. How bad can it be? I'll stick my left arm in there because I'm right-handed. You stick your left arm, and immediately, much like what happened to Jack, it clamps down <laughs> for six damage again. Uh, but I think you've got your arm yeah, at seven. seven. But once more, your arm I was becomes... It would stay under. Your arms become stuck. It's a D8, and I've actually rolled pretty well both times, uh, but not enough. Uh, so you're, 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 you, you don't take the damage, but your arm is stuck, and you find yourself suddenly stuck here. Now, while that's happening, I'm going to say, Pharaoh, you've been kind of quiet. Uh, what have you been doing? As Dragon's been inspecting the, the oil, you've been kind of taking a sample. Marino's been messing around with this little dome. Jack has just sort of been kind of looking around for metal. What, what have you been doing, Pharaoh? I would want to look, because there, there was more than the one tank, right? Yes, there, there were multiple, some, yeah. several. So kind of wanting to get a sense for like, okay, so the one that was in there was about yay big and kind of looking at the, the other ones. High or low? High. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'll listen to Steven. Always go low. Uh, uh, you start moving from tank to tank, and you notice that all of them are roughly the same size. Uh, there might be very slight differences. But you, know, you don't all the tanks seem to be the same size. All these cephalopods that are inside seem to be roughly the same. As you're going from tank to tank, you hear, you know, Marino from behind you just got you know, just shout out as, as the thing clamps down in his arm once more and he's stuck. Everyone kind of turns to look pretty briefly. And when you turn right back, you can see the cephalopod inside the tank just lunges out, but hits the glass and is now kind of slapping a little bit away at the glass. And so the, the timing of that seemed to be connected to when he stuck his arm down that, that's when the cephalopod came up, or because I came up to it, the cephalopod jumped up. I mean, I can just tell you the order in which it happened. I'm not going to attribute causation to it, though. Uh, did you your, your imagination did you, to do. Did you pull your hand out of that thing yet? You tried to. We're working on it. You are stuck. Jack, could you I have, like twist or anything like that? Like maybe it's a key. As you try to twist, it doesn't. You are firm. Your your hand is and your your armor is firmly entrenched in it. Jack, you're looking around. Uh, you hear from the entranceway where you came in. You hear. Oh, you turn over, you turn around, no. and you don't see anything. All right. Shotguns coming out, but I got 
which is never a good noise, even when there's nothing dangerous about it. I mean, at, at, at the very best, it means your drains have a problem. Just so, heard, uh, just heard a little bit of Hootie and the Blowfish behind you. That's all it was. <laughs> I was going to say, Marino, that once you get your arm out, you should put your arm back in because I'm trying to test the theory. So hurry yeah, up and get it out uh, so that we can put it back in again. Let's go ahead and get it out first before we test any theories. Any help? Anyone want to yes, help here? Fine. I'll come you over. Pharaoh, you, just hear, ting, ting, ting. you just see as like the cephalopod is sort of smacking and smacking here and there. As you start to move over in the direction of Marino, you watch as a second cephalopod of one of these tanks starts, starts going crazy as you walk past it. Uh, but they don't break. Would you get over to Marino? Uh, what are you up to, dragon? Hmm. I'm observing the cephalopod, I believe. Okay, so you're over there. You're observing it. It's like I said. It's a. It's. It's roughly the size, like the largest one here, to be the size of of Hair Jones. It's not horribly horribly big. Um, anywhere between about a foot and a half to maybe three feet in sort of diameter, but it's also a cephalopod, so it's very. You know, you got all you got what looks like more than eight, like several tentacles kind of shifting out in different directions. But as you're looking at one of the ones that are active, it just lunges out and you can see there is this circular mouth, not unlike the, the spikes that Marino has put his arm into this sort of circular mouth, which is rows and rows of teeth. And they're just smashing up against the tank. And while you're observing it, you see a very tiny crack suddenly form on the the glass tank where uh, this one is now thrusting itself against the insides of the tank in your direction. Am I aware of this? Having That's heard up that. Dragon. Is... Up to dragon. Interesting. This one is nearly about to break free. Don't like that. Walk over with cock shotgun, put it up roughly against the glass aligning with the mouth, and fire. Okay. Uh, you can go ahead and roll an attack. You can take advantage on this uh, since uh, since you're kind of just holding it against the tank. Go right ahead. And let me know how you do. Uh, okay, so 24, so call, call, out, call out your rolls, uh, the stream can't see the rolls. So 24 uh, under under your target, so you're good to go. Uh, you do shotgun specifically, automatically do one wound if they, if they hit at nearby range, which this would count as nearby range. And so as you hold the shotgun up to the tank, you pull the shotgun, you know, pull the trigger on the shotgun, you see the tank, first of all, explodes. And dragon and crow, there's just this massive explosion of red just red liquid whatever this is just goes exploding all over it gets on your clothes it gets on the ground gets on the wall the uh the cephalopod goes hurling off and like sort of pushed away by the shotgun shell uh and it's gonna take a wound uh so it automatically takes one wound uh you see it kind of rips off one of the one of these arms or legs uh let me roll to see if it's dead, dead. Uh, okay. It is. Uh, so as 
as you fire this, you can see one or two of the arms just go flailing and exploding, but it immediately and it kind of gets back up, limping kind of a little bit off. It did not completely do the job. So uh, we're going to go ahead and move at this point into what we call initiative. Um, oh, goodness. Jack Can is we already get my gone. arm out of here before we start killing things? It's too late. <laughs> Jack is gone. That was not the order. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go ahead and make make the order. I think based on the situation, Dragon, you can go. I would say you would probably go next, but then okay. I would say Pharaoh and 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 Marino would probably go after this thing, uh, considering that you're a little bit on the other side of the room and you're dealing with something else. Uh, so, Dragon, you're up. Okay. Well, I was kind of waiting for something like this. So, as he was getting the shotgun out, I was getting my smart gun up and ready, and I'll I'll shoot at it with that. Go right ahead. And I do. For okay. Points of damage. You fire into it, and you can see it almost like kind of cartwheels and shifts and moves, but it's somehow uh, it like you 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 get a couple bullets into it, uh, but it is, and you can see that those those bullets kind of go through it, rip it apart. They don't do as much horrific damage the way that the shotgun did immediately, but it certainly mm. damaged it to some degree, not to the point where it's dead. Uh, but you can, I would say you're pretty smart, Dragon. You would probably notice that some of the, some of the wounds just almost seem to begin to immediately stitch up. Others, you can tell, are a little bit more, more long lasting. Uh, it is then going to go, as it is not actually down yet. And it is going to leap out at, uh, it's going to leap out at, at Crow. Uh, and it's going to make its attack. Uh, okay. Uh, that is a 50 under 60. So that is a success. Uh, it's going to do its damage. So you all watch then as this thing leaps off the ground, one or two of its arms missing, and it has probably about 15 or 16 of them flailing around. And as it leaps into the air, springing up with no clear front or back to it, like its mouth opens up and all of these... All of these teeth come hurtling at you, Jack, um, for 14 points of damage. Oh, God. So, oh, boy. That definitely <laughs> gets past my armor of seven. So as this thing latches on to Jack, the teeth just start crunching on the armor. All of you in the room can hear. <laughs> and you just see as it wrenches free little panels and chunks of, of Crow's armor. Um I need you to make Jack a body save. As it as at first it's like on you and you're you're trying to pull it off, but then you feel it's getting your armor and then it bypasses and seems to just get inside and chunk down on your actual body and you feel pain uh, that you've never felt before. Okay. Failure by one. Okay. All right, make 36 sure. 36 oh, no. over 35. Make That's sure so harsh. That, uh, make sure you take that stress. <laughs> make sure that stress. Okay, uh, next Wait, up. Is I should have what stress? Take a point of stress because of the fail. Because of the fail Add roll. to your current total. Yeah, so add to your current total. Uh, and then this is going to, so with, who's next? Marino and Vasco, whatever order you want. Uh, Marino, you are still trapped in this thing. Vasco, you are not. What are the two you doing? Ahead, 
Uh, Vasco will move forward with her vibrachetti. Okay, you step up to it. It's like it's jumped up, bitten into Jack. Jack's managed to sort of rip it off him momentarily, and it flops back to the ground. Uh, but you can go ahead and swing. Uh, wow. <laughs> that is a miss of 67 over 65. Nice. Uh, go ahead take a point of stress <laughs> as you swing sure. out. This thing is just super dex- dexterous, moves around, shifts and moves, and it's just kind of hard to get. At one point, you think yes. you you think you hit it, but then it wraps its it's one of its tentacles around like the hilt of your vibrachetti and just swings around it and lands over top and behind you. Uh, very nimble, this thing. Uh, we will come to Marino. Marino, what would you like to do? Pharaoh, hey, clean the clear the line of fire. And I imagine that Marino has his arm in the dome and he's like rolled on his back, holding the rifle, uh, trying to shoot with a smart rifle. Uh, okay, with one arm. Mm-hmm. Is that disadvantage? I would think that's disadvantage. <laughs> I think that's, that's fair, fair to say. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> there are some uh, audience bits out there that you can take advantage of. Uh, audience bits would uh, make uh, it neutral? Then? It's a D100 game, so I'm going to say plus 10, plus 20, like we do for Call of Cthulhu okay, and yeah. Delta Green. I like that better than uh, advantage. Is I'll take two for plus 20 because disadvantage is going to hurt. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, even with disadvantage, they were both successes. Uh, my worst one was a 50. Uh, okay. And I needed a 65-85 with the audience dice. Absolutely. So rolling damage. So as this thing um, flops down behind Pharaoh after swinging over top of her shoulder, uh, it lands down behind her. You take a fire, you, you start firing it. It doesn't see you, or at least it doesn't sense you as the bullets trace across the ground and then kind of get into him. What's your damage? If it's long, it's one wound. If it's uh, nearby, it's 15. Uh, it's going to be nearby, I would say. I don't think you're far enough away to call yeah, this fair. long. Uh, so 15 points of damage. You take off another one or two of its tentacles. As you can see, you guys are kind of almost plucking petals off of a sunflower in a way. Uh, but it is still actually moving around far slower. And you can tell that it's it's sort of that mass in the middle with the teeth and then a handful uh, of, of tentacles that are still intact. You can see it's sort of splurting some of that red fluid here and there, whether it's blood, whether it's something else, you're still not entirely sure, uh, but it is dancing around a bit. We're going to go back to the top of the round then, and it's Jack and Dragon. You're going to get to go first, and then the cephalopod, if it's still alive, will go. What do you, you want to do? All right. Um... Application of shotgun once again. Okay. Yeah. No advantage this time. Uh, so as, as at this point, it's sort of a, a, fr- a fracas now as there's a little bit of swinging of melee weapons, a little bit of firing of guns. You have to be a little bit careful of Pharaoh. Uh, go ahead and give it a roll. Okay. Uh, 25 nice. success. Uh, so Jack, describe your kill as you take this thing out. Well, as a, as Jack is a man of few words, I believe the words he would use would be chunky salsa. <laughs> Just explodes, <laughs> and you do Just, see he, it, you know, it's it's, it's a massive, it's, it's a spice sci-fi shotgun. So I imagine at this point it's just reduced it to a very fine goo. It is a very uh, chunky what? ragu. Yeah, 
yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it and it lays on the ground, no longer moving. It doesn't seem to pulse. Doesn't seem to do anything. Uh, however, dragon, you do notice at this point though, all of the other tanks in in this room. There are three more that are intact. Two are now broken. One was broken when you first came in here. One was broken when Jack shot it. There are three more. All of these creatures seem to now be awake and are trying to actively break break out of the the containment glass. Hmm. Get me out of here. Indeed. I wonder if they consume each other to grow exponentially. But yes, let's get you out of there. Okay. Uh, so you're going to... And, and how would you want to go about doing that? Uh, same as before. Combat knife trying to pry loose and just pulling as hard as we can. Indeed. Okay, we're in I combat will try to now. Pull free. We're in combat now, so it's the, so things are a little bit on a on a on a schedule now. But up top, it you could take as long as you wanted. Now, mm-hmm. not so much. So I'm gonna want some strength tests. Uh, I'll yeah, let either I'll one try. of you. Yeah, I'll let Dragon roll it. Actually, it's his turn. Dragon, you can roll it. Get advantage as Marino will be, I presume, helping. Okay. I'm going to pull in this direction. Okay, advantage. There we go. I think it's mosh bits there, John. Okay. I remember. So 36 under 60 makes it. Okay. Nice. Uh, so you are pulling and pulling and pulling and you wrench free. And as you do, Marino, you realize you feel something just rip and pull. You feel like your arms get about to pull off. And then you hear a horrible breaking sound. And when you look down... You can see the gauntlet hand and wrist and forearm piece of your standard attire has wrenched free from dragons pulling. You are free and you are able to move, but there's your hand now completely unprotected uh, by this, uh, that as, as this, this armor has just kind of shredded and been ripped and wrenched free. And you watch then as it just kind of continues to compress until like a, like a, an aluminum can being just sort of flattened. You watch as your, your gauntleted forearm and hand sort of becomes almost inoperable at this point. But you're free. Take right. what I can get. I'm going to <laughs> take some turns with these other uh, other three to see if they are able to uh, burst free from this. So I'm just going to do strength tests with them, basically. Aww. See how they do. Um. So it's basically it's a forty percent chance that they break free, uh, that that one okay. of them breaks free. So first one, I have an idea. So I'm really hoping that at least one of them is still in the tank when it gets to my turn. Well, the first one breaks free with a twenty with a twenty three. As you just see, it goes bursting through the glass breaks. It doesn't fully shatter and explode the way Jax did, but you just see it flying out, stumbles and slides across the ground, and it almost looks like it's out of balance, and then it flips back up on top. And you can see the tentacles writhing out in these different ways. And almost like the nine-tailed Ari kind of starting to just sort of look up, like almost like it's sensing in that direction. The second one, uh, 73, will not break free, but you do see little lines in the glass. And then the third one, is that a 10? Yeah, that's a, that's a 12. So a second one breaks free as well. Uh, and so you see, again, now there's two on the floor, uh, one still uh, in the tank. Uh, and that's their turn, though. Uh, and it will come over to Marino and Vasco as there's now two more of these things. Sturdy so what Vasco wants 
to do is actually, so she's had this bag of ashes okay. that she's got on her belt and there's the one that's still in the tank. So yes. I'm hoping that there's some balance to everything that's going on in there. And so she wants to dump that bag of ashes into that tank and see if that has any effect on the health of this thing in the tank. Okay. So you're going to have to roll a check to figure out how to actually get them into the tank because the canisters okay. are fairly inexplicable. You don't fully understand exactly the mechanism going on here. Okay. Uh, you, again, there's no consoles. There's no mechanical levers to open this thing up. Every time someone, one of these things has gotten out of these tanks, they've just shattered and broken free. So what I'll say is let's make this an in intelligence test to see if you can sort out a way to open up like a vent or a small portion of it to dump this in without having to shatter the whole damn tank. Okay. Okay. Um, I would like to a little bit of audience assistance with this. Sure. Um, I've looked at it a little bit before and I'm going to see, so I'm aiming for a 55. So that's yeah. not horrible chance, but I noticed, that, I noticed that that command, by the way, still says advantages. That's old gradient descent rules. We're not doing that anymore. It's too, it's too strong. <laughs> we do plus 10 plus 20. <laughs> yeah, just the plus 20. So I rolled a 29 over 55. So, I'm okay. Good. Uh, so you do notice that there is this, like that, some of that kind of black substance, that sort of oily uh, bioplastic that Dragon was uh, playing around with. Like these things are kind of adhered or attached in some way to the wall, but you almost can kind of peel it back. Like it's this air, you know, like sort of like an airtight suction. You peel it back just enough. You dump in the ashes. You see this tentacle rip free and kind of come up at you. You move your head back and you manage to sm smash it back down in and pull that back over. And you do see that inside the tank, those ashes are now mixing and really tainting that reddish liquid inside, whatever it is. Uh, and yeah, I would say the creature does not seem to like it very much as it's kind of freaking out, panicking a bit. Uh, okay. And then, and then Marino, your hand is now de-armored, uh, but you, uh, you do have your turn and you are free from this, uh, whatever this thing on the ground was. Pharaoh, weren't those ashes your grandma? And I'm firing my smart rifle at the... At Pharaoh? Nice. I like people. Let's do it. <laughs> no. You get no. advantage. If you fire at Pharaoh, I'll give you advantage. Tempting, but no. Uh, okay. You said there's another one that's free, right? There are two that are free. And there's one that is being yeah. attacked by Pharaoh's possible grandmother's ashes or just some cigarettes. <laughs> just she took Cigarette from recent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll try to go for the one that uh, Pharaoh's going for. Steven's not as going not, to like, in the way. Pharaoh's going for the one in a tank, though. Are you shooting the okay, one in the tank? Okay, the one near her. Okay, fair enough. Because if you shot at the tank, things break. <laughs> right? No, no, I don't, I I don't want to break any more tanks. Tanks stay Steven closed. Steven shoots Ashley. Steven closes the door on my characters when we're headed to safety. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that was one time. Uh, <laughs> over a year Steven ago. <laughs> sacrifices himself completely and utterly unnecessarily. <laughs> uh, 30 under 65 to hit. Absolutely. Uh, damage, uh, 16. Double 16 eights. points of damage. Okay. Uh, not enough to wound it, as these do have a considerable number of health. Uh, but you do... It is a good chunk of damage. That is a, is a very healthy chunk. Um, okay. So we're going to call that one Cephalopod 1. And then there's another one that I'm going to call. Wait for it. Cephalopod A. All right. 
Uh, we're going to go back to the top of the round. We've got Jack and we've got Dragon. Um, Jack, you are bleeding fairly profusely from this wound in your chest where the breastplate armor was wrenched free. You're not feeling all that great, to be honest. Um, you're feeling a little bit woozy. You feel so woozy, in fact, that you're going to go ahead and take seven points of damage. As you Whoa. realize something is not right, as you feel very, very sick and off. You can, so you can still take your turn, assuming you, you didn't don't need to roll damage or anything, or a wound. Is that seven on top of what I already took from the uncancelled on the attack? Yeah, so on the attack, uh, I'm trying to remember how much damage I did. How much damage did I do 14, on the 14. 14, double my armor exactly. So you, you had seven The seven before. armor still comes off. Exactly. So, so you, you took would, seven damage, but lost your armor from that point forward. And then you just took another seven points. So you've taken 14 total. How many hits do you have? Or how, how much health do you have, Jack? Sorry, I didn't hear you if you were muted there. Uh, so I have one health before I take a wound. Okay, so you don't you don't take any Ooh. wound. You're good. So you can, you can take an action, but you are not feeling well. And I would say that you are probably smart enough to realize it's... Oh, your chest really hurts, and you're starting to feel... Something's not quite right about you. I can poison like drank too much. <laughs> Which whichever one has been whichever one is currently engaged with the nearest person. Okay, you can probably so you can see that Marino has been firing one, kind of pinning it against the wall. That one's probably the one that looks to be most uh, most harmed. If you want to take a shot at that one. You know what you should have named yourself, Steven? You should have named yourself Ken Marino. And then we could make a bunch of That'll do. That's a, that's a 20 under 90. Uh, okay. <laughs> that will deal uh, a wound to this thing. Let me go ahead and roll. It's it's uh, it's from the wound table. See how it see what happens here. Uh, grazed and knocked down. So I will say that you kind of take out as it was it, it sort of resituated itself and it had a series of its of its tentacles holding itself up almost like like legs your shotgun takes all of them out and it just flops prone anybody who makes we'll say a melee attack against it you can go ahead uh and i would give you like uh, and if you succeed on your attack i'll say like full day like your max damage or something like that on uh so that was that was jack dragon what'd you like to do man i don't have a melee weapon, unfortunately. If you have a regular weapon, I'm fine to say it's a it's a bashing instrument. I have no problem with it. You got fists, don't you? You can also do that. It's, it's true. No, yeah, or just rifle butt. That seems like the, the most practical thing to do. I would treat basically a rifle butt similar to probably a... I'm trying to see what we have. Uh, I don't know, probably a crowbar, maybe? Okay. Which would be a D5. So it's up to you whether you think that's better than what you would oh, have. Plus, plus wounds if you have any wounds already, but you don't. No. So combat and just max damage, not advantage or anything. Um, yeah, I'll give you advantage. It's fine. It's on the ground. Hey. Got knocked down. Take advantage, and you can do max damage with your attack if you hit. I do hit. Okay. Uh, so you just smash down into this thing. Uh, you, I would say you managed to take a couple of teeth out as it kind of looks up at you and almost 
mouth's mouth kind of goes wide all of a sudden. It looks to be a little bit unstable as some of its like it's like these tentacles have been taken out and you smash it right in the mouth and you see a few of the teeth just break off and almost kind of get swallowed and starts coughing a bit. It's not dead, uh, but it is in very bad shape. Uh, okay, uh, so let's see. Uh, I've got two that are out and one that is in the tank. So they're going to go next. The one in the tank, what I'm going to do, I'm going to have it roll to see if it's able to kind of withstand the ash in here, as this ash does seem to be affecting it. Uh, and it is going to be a big fat failure, as it seems to sort of be choking in some way. Like It almost looked like it would be choking, as it's sort of struggling a bit. Uh, enough that it's distracted from trying to break the glass. It's kind of looks to be very confused and disoriented. Uh, the other two, um, I'm going to have, one's going to go right after dragon as dragons up in melee with it. So the one that was knocked down is going to try to lunge out at you with its broken teeth. Uh, 57 under 60 will hit. Um, let me roll my damage. Uh, what is that? Uh, that's a, that's going to be 11 points of damage. I got a lolly on one of my die, uh, as it, lunges out at you uh and i'll say because it's on the ground it's gonna lunge out at like your shin your ankle area mm -hmm. and it's just grinding down to the point where you can actually feel it pierces like the the teeth are so sharp it pierces through uh the <clears throat> the leg and you can feel it you can feel the skin well your your dermis uh break in some way uh i still need you to roll a body test however okay very uh... important body test I, I, I might know. take uh, two audience dice. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. I'll Go do right this. ahead. So now I need a forty-seven or less. Okay, man. God, seventy-nine. Wow. You. Wow. You feel like your systems have suddenly kind of gotten garbled a little bit. Like your sensory inputs are just a little bit kind of off here and there uh there's sort of this film of red almost like like a filmmaker has used this some sort of like like look that just kind of has something glazed like over giallo your style we were talking about yeah. 70s film earlier yeah, yeah exactly exactly and it, you just funny thing the main actress of phantom of the paradise was also in argento films and uh -huh. i'm gonna say hair uh -huh. jones starts barking at this point uh and sort of uh comes to your defense and is gonna come Come running across the room. I do actually have stats for Hair Jones. <laughs> Yay. Jeremy, yes. if they're not the greatest, he's very fast. Uh, Hair Jones has 75 speed, uh, but his combat is 30. So if you want to roll a 30% hit uh, hit attack on this thing, uh, go for it. You. Is it secretly thinks to itself is any if anything is going to infect and take this creature over it is i not this is 76 so it will slide in and kind of try to bite and, and it does bite here and there but nowhere that seems to be like a vital injury but there mm -hmm. is hair jones is at least there uh, by your side and could potentially uh, protect you a little bit from harm on future rounds uh the other one of these that is out uh is going to have a have a pick of who it goes after uh, as we've got three other choices. I'm going to roll between the three of you. Or actually, no. Choices, uh, choices. Jack's already been attacked, so I'm going to say between Dan and Faro. 
it's going to be Faro. As this thing comes, some seeing as you affected the other one, this thing's going to launch itself and try to uh, bite through your uh, your facial facial plating uh, around okay. your head. Bring All it. All right. Uh, that is a twenty-five. That's a success. Uh, have sixty percent chance on their combat, uh, and then the hit is not. Great, that's an 11 again. Uh, 11 points of damage. Uh, as this thing latches around your face, and for a moment you can't see anything, as like 20 tentacles just wrap around your eyes, and you just hear crunch, 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 as the as it just sort of tries to eat away at the armor here. All right, seven armor points gone, four points of health gone. Okay. music just go away you guess hear the music still it changed yeah. to a different track i thought did it? i like accidentally I when i was doing that like i hit my earbud there it goes i just oh <laughs> i just learned something i can mute the music on my oh my gosh Ooh. technology guys it's just amazing i can <laughs> i did i heard all of you but i muted the track it's fascinating i that's that so cool i was like i had no idea that was a thing i just heard a beep and all of a sudden like oh crap i screwed up my music but i could hear Uh-oh. all of you just fine uh okay so pharaoh i also need you to roll body save the damage oh. by the way is 2d10 so and if you're if you take damage it's it's not good that is a 14 under 30 i passed while it manages to scrape away and you can feel it kind of nibble and rip a piece of your ear off like a bit of the lobe you're able to wrench it free before it's able to really sink into it and it flops down to the ground we kick over to marino and to vasco at this point uh one is in horrible condition spouting this red substance out of these wounds that dragon and crow and and hair jones have managed to put into it and it looks like it's it's moving slower and slower like it's very very damaged the other one that just leapt at pharaoh seems to be in quite good condition the one inside the tank seems to be very disoriented uh so uh, either order i got Marino. vasco's back so i'd like to go for the one that just hit her and like as she throws it off i'd like to try and shoot it uh before it even hits the ground absolutely go for it uh and i would like to take two audience dice i have pretty good combat but i really want to hit yeah fair All enough right. Uh, I did tweak stats, by the way, because I know that we've talked about how stat- we fail a lot. So I just did sort of a basic race. It's like stats are a little bit easier for us. I, I haven't wanted better. to jinx anything, but I have yet to fail a roll this session. So uh, I'm going to have to tone it back, it. it looks like, next time. I, back. <laughs> I, I failed uh, a few times, so I think we're good. <laughs> I rolled a 20, needed an 85. Uh, so that's wow. a success. Okay. Uh, roll that damage. This Seven the- damage. Seven points of damage. Uh, not enough. Um, okay. Not enough to actually do a wound or anything yet, but it is uh, It is definitely... You kind of take one of these tentacles off. Uh, then Vasco, you see on the ground next to you, this thing looks up and you see bits of your, your ear just disappearing down that toothed throat of it. What do you want to do? Shoot at it. Shoot or at no, it? You're sorry. right next to it. Sorry, no. Vibrochetti. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Swing away. Yes. That's the last Marine. Uh, all right. I am going to uh, roll an under 65, roll an under 65, and rolling a... How does this work again? I'm rolling a five under 65. That's a hit roll. What's your damage? 3d10. 
Oh my. That's, uh, <laughs> I like that's that's a lot. <laughs> uh, so that is an eight and a four and a nine. Uh, so eight, four, and nine. Twenty-one. Okay. Uh, so 21. yes, yeah, seventeen, that, four, twenty-one. Okay. All right, I'm gonna I go ahead ask. and roll a wound for this. What do you got? You've got um, what is that? Is that what, what's uh, what's the crit on that one? Is that blunt force? Is that bleeding? I don't critical effect bleeding and gore. Okay. Plus, we'll do. Uh, we'll do a gore because it's fun. Okay, uh, so I'm just going to go ahead and reveal. Uh, go ahead and describe your kill, Pharaoh, as you uh, bring this vibrochetti down over top of this thing that was just... Was that taunting you by chewing your ear? Yeah, and so I think that's the thing, is that like in the middle of the maw, you kind of see the piece of my ear going down. And so like I'm taking the vibrochetti and I'm just kind of going down and sort of exposing, like kind of splitting it in two so that I can still like see that piece of my ear and so it just gets cut into absolutely and you just it just rips apart starts starts pouring out this blood on the ground you think and uh let's see that was its turn so then uh then it's i think it's back to let's see jack and jack and dragon did you go this round i'm sorry you did, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, Pharaoh and Dan are at the end of the round, and the uh, cephalopods are between us. So right. Jack and so Dragon should be Jack next, and Dragon think, at the top round. of the round. Perfect, yeah, new round. New round, Jack, new Dragon. Round. However, Jack... Uh, hang on, so let me double-check one thing. Uh, let's see. So much goo on the ground now. Uh, Jack, you need to take nine points of damage. <coughs> I believe I take a wound now. Yeah, so you're going to take a wound. Uh, don't <laughs> yeah. worry about, don't worry. So the girl, that just depletes the, that just depletes the, the hit. So drop your, your, your hit or your wounds down to two of three uh, as you are a Marine. So you will have two more to okay. go. Um, and does, do, does my, does that damage continue through from the top of my next section of health no. or? No, it doesn't. Okay, so I'd be back. Okay, that works. I'm going to go ahead and roll a critical injury, however. Uh, you, uh, okay, not so bad. Uh, you are feeling a great deal of weakness, and whatever you have in your hand, which is your shotgun, falls to the ground as you just get so weak Damn. all of a sudden, and your shotgun just falls to the ground. Clatters away, falls down a drain pipe, and you never see it again. Okay. Oh. Well, okay, so I'm never going to see it again. I guess I'm on a pointy stick at this point. Okay, so uh, it is so it is your turn though, uh, and uh, dragon as well, in whatever order you want. Am I to... able to pick up the shotgun, or is it gone for good? Uh, I would say just to make this a penalty, uh, I would say picking up the shotgun and then firing it and stuff. I would say that's it would probably you probably wouldn't be able to fire it this round. I would say it kind of splatter it falls down and kind of clatters a, a handful of feet away, just to make sure it's an actual penalty. Okay. Um, did we? Did we wound? 
The one near dragon is in terrible condition. You also have a combat knife, don't forget, like on your belt. So you can always try to stab yeah. it away with your combat knife. But we'll say your shotgun has just kind of clattered out of the distance. You can go get it freely, no problem. It's just that would be your turn. Or if you wanted to continue the assault, I would say you would probably switch to the knife and try to hack down at the one that dragon and Harry so Jones are nearby. What would you like Given that the knife is only 1d10 compared to the shotguns automatically wounding at this range, I think I need to grab the shotgun. Okay, so you, so Jack, you're just going to run over, stumbling a bit, in fact, as you are not feeling particularly well. Your eyes kind of go a little bit, uh, a little bit blurry on you. Uh, you have definitely, something's going on. You're not sure if it's just rapid blood loss or if there's some sort of something in you like you're not sure if like these things are venomous or what but you're feeling that no great short chance of firing at disadvantage darn uh but we'll say you pick it up uh but that is going to be the no 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 no. i don't i don't think i think it's fair to say if you're gonna if you're gonna go for the shotgun i think we're we're gonna have to say that you your turn is going and picking it up yeah yeah that's fine all right so he goes he picks up the shotgun because you know that shotgun his right arm same difference Okay, fair enough. Uh, and then Dragon, you and Hera Jones, you two are feeling some something coursing through you, uh, is affecting your systems in some way. But mm. Hera Jones is by your side and seems very mm. distressed. What would you like to do, Dragon? Well, <clears throat> in the background, I'll try to use my computer skill to run my own internal diagnostics to uh, push back any external factors uh, changing what I'm doing. What I will do instead of attacking this thing, I will take out my mylar blanket and apply it in a fashion similar to a tourniquet to prevent the possibility of this thing moving itself into me and also possibly wrapping it up and making it easier for Air Jones to attack it. It's like tourniquet around upper area and then the tail end of the blanket around the thing to make it easier for Air Jones to bite it. Okay. Uh let's see. Um what do we want is you're trying to you're, it's, it's sort of like a grapple test you're at with this um maybe a strength as it's going to try okay. to push free from it as you try to wrap it around tightly enough before it can break free from it strength i think all right i'll give it a try okay okay Good. you have 52 60 you take the mylar, break it down, you drop it on top of it, and you just kind of scoop underneath. It's moving around violently. Uh, it has been severely harmed, and there's chunks of tentacles everywhere. Uh, but you do have it somewhat, somewhat stemmed. Okay. Uh, and then Hair Jones, if you would like to uh, make an attack with Hair Jones, uh, go right ahead. Uh, same thing as a 30% chance to hit with him. Does Air so, Jones get advantage because I managed to get a blanket around this thing? I yeah, we'll say that. Yeah. Okay, so first roll. No. And second roll. Come on, Air Jones. Come on, Air Jones. You can't do it. There, there we go. Okay. Uh get well, it's a D6 worth of damage. Uh, I'll say he could just do all six. Uh, not going to kill him, though. Uh, but you do oh, see, no. like, a tentacle wrench free as it's kind of sleeping, you know, sneaking out between, uh, like, some of the, one of the seams in the blanket. And you can see Harajun just 
chomps down on it and just rips it free. And like a dog with a chew toy is just sort of playing around with it, throwing it into the air, smacking it down, doing all of the things that definitely a normal dog would do in this situation. Totally normal. There's no reason to be suspicious of this dog at all. Okay. Uh, this cephalopod, and then there's the one in the tank. The one in the tank... Oh, dear. Uh, that is a crit fail. Uh, the one in the tank kind of goes limp and just starts floating there a little bit, almost like a like some sort of jellyfish, just kind of suddenly not the tentacles not moving around. It's gone motionless. You're not sure if it's dead, if it's stunned or, or what. The one inside the blanket is just going to attempt to break free from the blanket, I think. I think it's just going to try to roll a uh, strength test to try to slip free. Uh, all right, so this is like a 40% chance for it. Uh, that is a no good. That is a 72. And so I'm going to say it, it stays in the blanket. Comes around to Marino and Vasco. What'd you like to do? Uh, Vasco is going to go for, uh, killing another one of these things. Okay. So nice. you stumble up, uh, swing down. You can go <laughs> ahead and take advantage as well. It's fine. All right. Rule number one is an 86 over 65. So oh, no. That's 86. That's a terrible uh, number. It's the worst number. Uh, try that again. And that is a 41 under 65. Much better. All right. Uh, go ahead and describe your kill. This didn't have a ton of health left. And with your 3D10, I'm confident you're going to be able to kill it. So go ahead and just sort of describe this moment as Dragon has the blanket around it. He's looking a little... Out of sorts, which reminds me, by the way, Dragon, you actually take six points of damage. Uh, you can take it at the end of your turn uh, as you feel not so great. Um, and you can see you can see the uh, the dog is also wrenched free. And so the three of you are just around this thing, hacking away at it. So, Pharaoh, describe how this thing comes to an end. So I would say that this is much more of kind of a, a surgical hit because, like, she definitely does not want to accidentally hit Hair Jones. Um, and you know, a blanket is a, you know, commodity that we might need later. And so she's definitely, it's, it's more of almost like a spear thrust with the vibrachetti okay. where it's just, just going kind of straight in, um, and just kind of try to go center mass and then kind of like pull back out. So as you pull back out, there's this, this horrific, like berserk anime splash of blood and viscera and gore that just wrenches free from the blanket while the blanket stays intact. Dragon would imagine somewhere in the back of your mind, you might be wondering, wonder if that's going to come out because there's so much blood that is now coating this blanket. You look around the room and the entire room now has all of this liquid bursting out like that burst free from the tank you can actually feel yourself splashing around it as you take steps the tentacles some of these tentacles are just like independently wiggling here and there you think the last vestiges of some sort of movement the one in the tank still seems to be either completely in stasis stunned or just dead and you can tell that the liquid in there is very very cloudy as well dragon and crow however uh, as you guys are looking around both of you sort of take a moment where you fall to your your knees a little bit and you're just feeling not great as if something's kind of coursing through you you're feeling quite horrific uh so i'm gonna give you all a moment what are you doing in in this moment all of you uh, any order 
I've got the tourniquet in place and I'm currently trying to use my computer skill to run an internal diagnostics to run like what my core code is versus what external stimuli is and try to block off any external stimuli. Roll a hacking test, I think. Roll a hacking test for this because we're going to treat hacking like kind of a a like a medical treatment for you to see if you can sort out what's happening to you. Okay. And let me know how you do. I get a 26 out of 70. I should have more uh, than that. Should yeah, it have still been, yeah, so you should have... Oh, it's because you left it on strength. you got to switch it to your intellect. Oh, That's what I, it was. I didn't know how to switch that. It's, it's okay. It, it looks like you succeeds. doubled the mod anyway. You doubled the mod anyway. The mod was built in. So it's fine. It's still a success. Uh, okay. You... So we're going to say this is going to be... We'll just call it... You have managed to kind of firewall some of your important mm-hmm. internal systems. You can definitely tell there is some kind of foreign body. Uh, it's less about anything messing with your programming, and it's more sort of the the physiology at work mm-hmm. in androids that it seems to be affecting you just as it might a human differently in some ways, but it does seem to be affecting you and kind of screwing up your pathways. You've managed to effectively localize it to your leg. So we'll say your left leg looks discolored, looks infected. Mm -hmm. Um, It hurts, uh, although the pain receptors are probably not properly communicating to you. You are like limping and it seems to be unstable. But I will say that you have you have treated it for now. You don't think you're going to be taking that D10 damage every round anymore is basically what's happening. Meanwhile, Drag will be humming a song from he and Pharaoh's favorite movie. Good for nothing. Bad in bed. Nobody likes you. You're better off dead. Goodbye. We've all come to say goodbye. Goodbye. Wait, and what? Why? Dra- Dragon, why? Why? What happened? Oh, I'm just pushing out this terrible organism that is trying to take control of me. It's localized to my left leg now. And I was Do singing- I need to remove your left leg? You hear the dog suddenly growl, step right between dragon and pharaoh, bare its teeth, and just starts sort of saliva dropping. You can see the blood and goo from where it had been using the, the, the tentacle of the cephalopod as a chew toy. Growls, barks, does not like you threatening to harm dragon. It as is a fair any question. normal dog. Herr Jones, it is a question of sometimes do you sacrifice one appendage or do you lose the whole? It went bad. Sometimes you have to cut it off. But maybe not just yet. But if I do have to lose the leg, I would like to replace it with one of those vibroblades. That would be super cool. That would be fantastic. Herr Jones is a a much deeper and almost sort of a strange sound emanating from Hair Jones. It is far deeper than you would have expected. Wow. And is really just staring down Pharaoh with death in its eyes. Your dog's weird. So Jack He's a and, weird boy, but a good boy. Jack and Dan, what are you doing while Pharaoh and Dragon are having that moment? Because uh, Jack, you do not feel well. I, so, he's doing, 
shake it off to himself, you know, shake it off, shake it off, like Dan said, like Dan taught. Okay. Uh, Dan, what are you doing? Sorry, had to unmute. Um, I would do a quick roundabout the room, just checking the perimeter, making sure there's nothing else. Look down the, the tunnel we came from because we heard a plop, plop, plop. I don't know if it was something okay. else. Uh, okay, you do a quick look around the room. There's like splash, blast, slash as you're moving around and you're peeking out the door. You hear Jack uh, kind of vomit a bit. Jack, take four points of damage, by the way. Uh, and then... Better out than in, buddy. One thing you do notice, Dan, is that, uh, and, and this, you you notice that that dome where you had basically had your arm trapped inside, uh, you can see in the fracas, like in this melee with blood and gore just sailing everywhere and around. Some of that um, that liquid, either from the tanks or from the bodies, has pooled into that center mass, and as you can see the the clamp undoes and your your gauntleted fist is just ruined for, for forever but as it drips down you do notice that it starts to spin as that that red liquid pours down into it, it starts to spin a bit and then it opens up and you see another one of these these circular trap doors fairly small you know but you can fit uh, that once more Looks like this liquid is the key. Anyone have a water bottle? We can collect some. I was going to start collecting ears in this bag of mine, but she'll dump out a piece of ear, put it in her pocket, and take that that bag and add some uh, red goo to it. Vasco, your helmet's broken now, right? Do you think it would hold a half gallon or so? I just ruin this for yes mm. <laughs> she's like mad that she didn't think about that first and like takes her helmet off and scoops yeah clever thinking if you tilt it the right way you could probably avoid the you know the head entrance and also the side entrance where that was going to rip you could probably get some in there but yeah we'll say you, you take a couple of uh, some of this this liquid you kind of scoop it out from one of the broken tanks where you can still see most of it's pouring out or dripping down and you can kind of scoop it in I have a blanket full of goo. Yeah, you might want to leave that behind. Jack, you're still just feeling absolutely awful. And the rest of you, and you look over, you can see that Jack is essentially like just like withering in front of you. He's just looking, sort of shifting around here and there, vomiting intermittently. You okay there, Jack? It's hard to to turn it to a head. Um... That's what you normally sound like. I don't know. You got to use your words, buddy. Take two more points of damage, Jack. No. No, no. (laughs) Dragon, can Can you do anything? No, other than perhaps... Put him down and end his misery. <laughs> I, Nick, I got nothing for you. You're gonna have to suck it up. And I point to the patch on my shoulder. <laughs> this is suck it up. <laughs> uh, can I try 
some type of first aid. You certainly can. Something. You don't have. I, I don't think you have any have any first aid equipment. So Griffin has in, in chat for whatever oh, that's worth. I'll, I yes, will I take do. that. Uh, I will say, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. You're, are you giving him the stim pack? So like as she was him? sticking the piece of her ear in her pocket, she kind of reaches in and kind of pulls us out. I was like, oh yeah, uh, maybe this will help. And so she'll try to like stab him with it. Uh, if sure. it's an injectable thing. Uh, yes. So what we do is we say it's it's a it's a D10 health regeneration for that stim pack. You're going to get advantage to strength in combat for the next, like we'll say... Uh, for the next like 10 minutes or so, uh, if you have to do any strength, that says you feel this surge of adrenaline kick through you. What I am going to say is that in that 10 minutes, you have, you have essentially staved off or at least temporarily halted the, uh, this and whatever is coursing through him, but he's not technically treated yet. All you've done is delayed it. Now you do have, the Stimpak does have five uses, so you can continue to give it to him over time, but until he's actually treated, with like a with like a like a medical test or some med check. There were, by the way, someone asked in chat if I think it was Griffin asked in chat if anyone had a medic. There were two characters that they could have picked from, other than Jeremy. Jeremy was playing a character from before. There were two characters they could have picked from that had medical abilities, and no one picked them. So they were open. <laughs> I, yeah, I so feel no 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 guilt with this. So my role I didn't actually the... get to look at the sheets ahead of time. You were busy <laughs> you working on another game. It was open. It was closed. It didn't I let rolled... me. <laughs> so I rolled two on my 1d10 health. So you've got two health back. Um, mm -hmm. And Jeff, did you roll the 2d10 for the 10 minutes? I did. I did. So okay. 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah okay. I rolled a seven and a three. So it's a uh, it's 10 minutes. I'll be, I'll right, be so relatively gonna, forgiving with the 10 minutes, but like... You're going to feel a little bit better. Nice work, Vasco. Uh, oh, why didn't I think of this? And I'll pull out my prospecting mug now that Vasco has her helmet full of the goo. <laughs> and I'll just fill that up with some too. Okay, fair enough. Fantastic. <sighs> okay. She ruined her bag. She ruined her helmet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so resetting for a moment, Jack, you're feeling better, uh, but you're not sure if it's just that surge that comes from taking a stim pack. As a Marine, you've taken plenty. Uh, there is the now this... Makes you feel better. Exactly. There's these two other... Remember, there are the two other pathways back the way you came. There's also now this trap door that has opened up. There's also one last intact tank that has been tainted somehow by the ashes or whatever that that pharaoh has put in and you can see that there's a creature in there that does seem um that does seem to not be doing anything anymore you're getting a close-up view of your head there john that's the way to uh go down <laughs> we still need metal right we should do. be worth this we got to get the metal and also yeah, to going. get the support of an extraction team we need to show proof of having this metal Indeed. Nine. Okay, so those of you looking, so like the this little opening seems to drop down uh, into a well, it's not a very big area. It's not like the last time where there, there's this big long shaft descending into darkness. Instead, this is just some sort of small alcove. It's not very big at all. Uh, there's enough for all of you to fit down here if you wanted to, it'd be slightly cramped, but all of you could climb down in here if you want. 
Um, but you do see uh, that there are several containers in here uh, that seem to have, and, and this is the first time that you've kind of really seen anything in terms of um, other than the tanks, like of, of like equipment of some kind in here. But you can see that there's these containers of what looks like well, the shiny metallic thing that was sort of drawn on the wall of the of the cave paintings. And you also notice that there are some curious looking objects that are stacked against the walls. They seem to have that same kind of black or kind of dark, deep purple uh, mm -hmm. bioplastic nature to them. Uh, when you look at them, they one of them just looks like kind of a series of these these blobs. One of them looks like a rod of some kind, and one of them looks like this very curved barb. We're looking carefully at... Uh, I'll look at the barb-looking thing. Okay. Uh, you pick up the barb. It's very curved, uh, and you can see that the very end of it, uh, there is uh, what appears to be some kind of... Like on one end of the barbs, there seems to be like kind of a hollowed-out... Uh, needly type end to it. It does look like it's a, it almost looks like this odd looking crude needle of some kind. Um, yeah. And it's like removable. Like I can take it and yeah. then I have this. It, they're just kind of leaning up against the wall. Uh, not sure what kind of weapon or medical device this is, but I will take it. Uh, if you would like to roll an intelligence test, you can try to perhaps learn more about it to a degree. Perhaps right, it is an extraction tool. Intellect to is 45. Remove intrusive so organisms. It could be. It could be a blow dart. It could be lots of things. I will take one audience boost to get this at a 55 and then roll an 85 and fail. Yeah, I mean, other than what I've said before, it's a curved, uh, it's not very big, but it's a curved hooked blade, uh, barb, excuse me, at the one end, there's like sort of a little hollowed out end, um, sort of looks needle-ish, but in a crude manner, but that's all that really, that's all that you could really tell. And okay. then there's these two others. Uh, what about the containers, the crates? Yeah, you take a look at them and it just looks like nuggets of some kind of metal. Dragon, is this what we need? I believe that does match the compound of what we requested to obtain. Do we have any way to, like, uh, confirm that? Like, do we have a way to analyze it? Uh, Dragon, you've got plenty of science skills. Um, I would say... I, I don't think any real test is needed here. I would say Dragon's probably equipped. Because we've got something that we're supposed to be able to put it in to confirm it and then get extraction, right? Yeah, you so have, that that's, we the, have that's some the way drop of, pod. Yeah, that's the drop pod that you guys took the, the job from, basically. Yeah, but what I mean to extrapolate from that is that means we have some way of scanning it to verify mm -hmm. it because verifying it is how we're going to get our extraction. Yeah, I'd say you're smart enough, Dragon, with your... your your science training that you would be able to conclude that this certainly looks like the type of metal that you are tasked with, uh, with getting, uh, there is probably additional debriefing material on the CRT screen that we didn't cover that might've given you mm. slightly more info, but you would feel pretty confident dragon. Um, really quick. Thank you to 20 sides to every story for the rate. Thank you very much playing, uh, playing some mothership tonight. Uh, hope you all had a very good game.
Meanwhile, I don't think Jack is in good condition. I think we should take this and begin moving up as quickly as possible. Yeah, I suppose the more we take, the more we get paid. So everyone fill your pockets. They're already in crates. I am not going to spoil Leave it in the crates. Do not remove pocket. from the crates. How big are the crates? I assume they were bigger. Uh, they're big, but you you you're some you're beefy Marines in a beefy android. I don't feel that. I was league MVP. Yeah, it is. However, as we saw in the cave do. painting, the the uh, properties of this metal seem to have played directly into the formation of these organisms. I would recommend do not open the crates. Copy right. That. Let's uh, everyone grab a crate. Okay. Pharaoh wants to look at these other things that are here uh, while they're kind of hoisting crates because uh, I believe there were three uh, objects and so far I've only looked at one of those objects. Okay, yeah. So they were there was one other like kind of collection of, of essentially blobs or balls and there was a rod as well. Okay, so I'll look at the rod. Uh, okay, so you notice then that... Um, you grab it, kind of hold it in your hand, and you feel this like sudden sickness just wash over you. This just wave of, just for lack of a better word, just revulsion. Roll a sanity save, Pharaoh, as it just seems to overtake you. Like something about like your your sensory perceptions, your brain just gets overloaded. The most sickening, horrific, revolting memory that you've ever had comes to mind and then it's multiplied by 10. Oh, I rolled a 10 under 15. Okay, we don't, you know, you don't need to gloat. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I was surprised. <laughs> no, no, you you kind of you're, you, you, you feel for a second that you might going to pass out, but at the same time, you're able to sort of stem it and you feel a little bit better. But at the same time, you feel it kind of that, that sense of revulsion kind of continues to push and push away at the back of your head. Uh, third item, I'll look at the the last. Uh, and so, yeah, you pick these up. These are about fist sized. Uh, there's a couple of them. Uh, when you grab them, even though they kind of look, they almost look like stress balls in some way. And they almost look like they could be squishy, but they actually are quite solid. Uh, as you hold them up, though, you do see that there's something moving inside of it. Inexplicably. You can't quite tell exactly what it is, but you do see movement. It's a little too dark for you to determine exactly what it is, but you do see there's something kind of coursing around in them. Uh, I mean, you, all of you would know. Like Again, like I said, you guys are... You, you guys are essentially corporate, you know, you're, you're a corporate crew. Like you, you do this mm -hmm. for money, this kind of stuff, like this fetches money yeah. for sure. Like weird alien artifact thingies, people, the right people would really, would really pay top dollar for this stuff. So she will take the bag that she had dumped the fluid out when she put the fluid in the helmet. And now these, stress ball the thingies will go into the bag and she will put that around her she'll kind of hook that back on her belt so so you put the blobs in your bag and then would you what did you put around your belt i'm sorry so i i have that little bag connected to my belt yeah. that i put that i just put the little blobs in okay and what are you doing with the barb and with that rod 
which again, you uh, still feel the that. rod that made me feel crappy. I just mm-hmm. threw down. Yeah, so it just drops on the ground. Okay. And what yep. about the barb? Yep. Sorry, I accidentally muted myself. The uh, the barb I am carrying over my shoulder. All right, sounds good. Use to be determined. Okay. I well, already ahead, feel crappy. Jack could carry the uh, could possibly carry the rod, and for all we know, it might kill whatever the hell's inside him, making him feel like crap. If you want to grab that, go right ahead. I did not like the feel of that, but you're right. You mm. already look green around the edges anyway, so. Mm-hmm. Jack, go ahead and as you pick it up, go ahead and roll that sanity save. (laughs) As whatever horrific, terrible, revolting thing that you experienced in your life was that just just multiply it by 10. And that is the wave that overtakes you as you hold this in your hand for just a few seconds. Go ahead and roll sanity save. Wow. So Pharaoh rolled a like a 10 or whatever. And then. Okay, that's two successful wow. sanity saves. You managed wow. to keep it in the back of your mind, but you can still feel it kind of pushing that memory surfacing here and there, but you're able to hold it in your hand. It is, it is nothing next to dealing with that guy for an entire career. Oh, <laughs> poor Marino. It's true, but yeah. That attitude is what kept you from getting to the top, buddy. So... What are you guys doing? Start hiking back up. Remember, lengthen your stride. Put the work into the quads. Okay. You all climb back up. Uh, so, so did I hear that correctly, Jack? You are taking then the, um, you're taking the rod. You're carrying that with. Yes, you. I'm taking the terror rod. All right, perfect. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and drop it in your inventory just so I can keep track of who is it. Uh, so there should be a bioplastic rod in your inventory. And then a pharaoh. Looks like you took the other two. So the blobs and the barb. Okay. So you guys climb back out. There's nothing else to see in here. That was it. There was a very small alcove. Uh, you climb back out. You can see some of that, that blood drips down. You look around and it doesn't seem as though in this this tank, this hatchery, whatever you want to call it, you look over and you can see that that the one that you sort of infected with the ashes, Pharaoh, still just ha- doesn't seem to have recovered. Uh, again, without really examining it, it's hard to tell whether it's living or whether it's just knocked out. But it does seem to be uh, currently taken care of. Uh, Marino, you've been doing this a bunch of times. You're looking carefully. You don't see any anything else moving around in here. What would you all like to do? I think I'll keep taking point and we'll start heading towards that main atrium uh, and then try to keep working our way up. Let's get paid. Okay. You uh, step out into, so you kind of move out in the tunnel. You see that, that little trail once more of, uh, of that, that red substance move out from that tunnel, curve around the atrium. After seeing all the fluid from the tanks, would that line up with the red substance there? Very much so. You're, okay. uh, you would probably have to piece it together that whatever broke out of the other one might have left and gone to one of these other rooms is more than likely what happened. Now, there's two other tunnels in here. One of them seems to have that trail. The other one doesn't have anything. Uh, as you step out here, uh, all of you look up and you can see the ceiling is just shifting again. 
uh, you can see that the cave paintings, which the last time you all saw them, it seemed to depict you or humanoids and these tentacled creature thingies going down, collecting shiny things moving back up to the surface, some sort of celebration, and then like the alien tentacle thingies kind of multiply. Well, now they, as you're watching things sort of shifting and turning, you see that there's no longer those scenes of returning to the surface or the celebration. You just see like the humanoid shapes and the ridiculous number of these tentacled creatures has kind of grown. They all kind of say subterranean. As you're watching, you even notice that those shiny piles of metal kind of disappearing. It also looks as though like the humanoid figures are kind of starting to panic and shift and move and, and they're not kind of reacting particularly well. You also notice as you're watching that the general appearance of a couple of these humanoid figures, well, one of them Kind of starts to take on the shape of dragon. You can see like this strange sort of stiff leg. You can see kind of this uncanny valley-like face begin to form in the cave painting. See another one that seems to have some kind of rip in its chest kind of start to form as well. Uh, everyone, uh, go ahead and, you know, just give me a sand test. I'd like to stop looking, please. <laughs> well, I mean, that's perfect. Blindfolded. <laughs> I'll take two audience dice. I'm rolling sand straight because it's sand. <laughs> that's a failure. Doing, that's a failure doing, by a lot for me. Delta I got a lot rolls. of 70s tonight. I rolled a, a 79. 79. You? Man. Yeah. That sucks. I failed my first test. I have 15 sand, bumped it up to 35, rolled a 95. Anybody who <laughs> failed, take two points of stress and then roll a panic. Anyone who uh, passed, you're fine. Whenever I... Yeah, read that. That's a good point. Uh, so there's yeah. three Marines in here. Um, whenever I panic, every nearby player must make a fear save. You're not panicking. You're only panicking if, if like your stress roll goes bad. Okay, so you just so, click stress? Yep, so mm -hmm. just click stress. So what you want to happen is you want to roll over your current oh, come stress on. score. Oh my god, dragon. Freaking come <laughs> on, man. Under five. The dice wow. hate me tonight. They do. They really hate wow. you. Fortunately, okay, so the way so the way this works, uh, just to sort of go over it, uh, you roll a d20 for your panic, and there's also like an effect, uh, so from 1 to 20. And if you roll over your current stress, you're fine. If you roll under your current stress, you're, you suffer whatever effect you rolled on the d20 table. So it looks mm. like everybody, with the exception of Dragon, is okay. Uh, well, actually, yeah, I passed with you a pass? 13. Okay, so 13. I Pharaoh's really don't good. want to be assimilated. Uh, how did Jack, Jack passed? And, and Steven, you said your best. Okay. Uh, so Dragon, gain one stress. You get very mm -hmm. anxious. Um. Please don't assimilate me. Please don't assimilate me. I really don't want to be assimilated. You look over and you see Dragon is sort of mumbling here and there, and you can see Hera Jones is next to next to him, kind of whining a bit here and there, looks up at the ceiling, barks a few times at the ceiling, growls at it. You hear that 
like a snarl once more kind of come out of its mouth, echoing here and there. Okay. What'd y'all like I to do? I love this dog. <laughs> I know, right? I just I'm having way too much fun so with cool. this dog. <laughs> I'm like, I have Dragon, you gotta suck go. it up. <laughs> what if I'm just stressing that? Hurry. I'm going to cut off my leg and beat you with it. No, I won't. Normally, okay. I would slap someone in a time like this, but Hair Jones makes me think twice about that. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as you start to lean over, you uh, hear the growl and think, uh, nope, that. just scratching my head there. Okay. Uh, you start kind of moving up one step after the other. Get up to like that first level. You notice once more that the walls begin to shift on you a bit. You see like the paintings kind of change. You can see that those depicted in the kind of cave paintings, you can see the one that looks very much like Jack, the one that looks very much like Dragon. You can see that they are, will look to be now in these large pools of red. See, they're surrounded by these cephalopod tentacled aliens. You can see that they're like the, the tentacles are kind of moving around, gesticulating in some particular way. And you also notice now that there's this seeping of that kind of same red substance in the tanks that begins to drip out of the walls, glowing as it does. You see it begin to drip and then goes into a stream. And you can see that the walls just suddenly start pouring down want all of you to go ahead and roll a fear test now as you can see all of these oh, cave paintings on the same run as, as that you're on you can see on the on the rings above you like all of it the whole shaft is sort of bleeding down you hear the sounds of heavy drips from below when you look down you remember the dome ceiling of that chamber below was coated the ceiling itself was just coated in these cave paintings you just hear this drizzle like a thunderstorm is happening as the walls are bleeding down um so uh make sure let's see does anyone have anything that affects fear says uh, everybody, with the exception of Dragon, needs to make their fear save um, at disadvantage because Dragon is here. It's the uh, trauma response of a uh, for uh, Android being here. Oh no! Uh, well, I failed the first roll, and I took an audience and failed anyway. Okay. My dice turned on me. I failed my roll too. Eighty-five needed forty. You hear the sounds of failed, like something kind of moving around, and that you can't see it, but you can hear it. You can see the ground below you now. The whole ramp that you're now on has become coated and slick with this red coloring. You look below and you can see that chamber that you had been down in before. The the landing has started to fill and fill and fill. Uh, who failed? Who failed that Everyone fear test? Everyone but Jack, I think. So let's I mean, see. There was disadvantage. Um, so the I had to roll. I rolled twice uh, while the second was a success yeah. the first one was a failure but the first okay. one was a failure okay okay i made uh, it anyone uh, yay any, dragon all right anyone who failed uh take two points of stress and then give me a panic oh gosh oh no great don't worry we're almost done <laughs> this is the this is the reverse spiral as you kind of come up i got a couple passes here very nice very Hot nice damn, that's my 20. Wow. okay 
All right. Uh, and Dragon, you're fine because you passed your fear. You've kind of, you have, a, like, androids have crazy good fear saves. Yeah, 85. Okay. Uh, you all keep it together, and you see the walls are bleeding. You see the the ceiling of, you know, like, it's just filling up. This whole shaft is kind of filling up with this red blood. Uh, at this point, everyone, uh, what are you doing? Trying to, yeah, just run. Okay. Fast as possible. Uh, Everyone, just give me a speed test as you run up. As you're, if you're going oh as gosh. fast as possible, just give me a speed test as you run back up. Just one. That's all I want to go all. Mel, the way how back many up. more audience dice do we have? Three. Well I'll done, Jack. One. You're good to go. Speed, huh? At the two under uh, forty-five. Okay. Very nice. Nope. Critical failure. Okay, oh, you guys no. are really unkind tonight. They have been very unkind to Jeremy tonight. Uh, no as dragon. you all are, are hustling and running and running, you hear the dog just bark out, and you look and you watch as Dragon, with that leg, by the way, that has been troubling him. Mm -hmm. That's probably why, right? It just sort of snaps and crumbles. You see it just not quite work. It almost becomes this dry husk. And you watch as Dragon tips falls and looks like he's about to literally plummet down that central shaft. I will give you all a chance to try to do something, uh, but if that fails, he's falling. What are you all doing? Absolutely uh, trying to grab Tell me what you do. Tell me, just describe what happens. I would, uh, you know, I, I don't like getting sacked, so I uh, slide a lot, so I'm going to okay. slide down the ramp to try and just catch him as fast as possible. Okay. Uh, so sure, sure, sure. So you slide back down, uh, and you're just trying to, as you like slip and slide down a bit, cause he'd kind of trailed a bit and you can see as he slips and falls, he's kind of gripping onto the leg. You can, you can the ledge a bit and looks like he's about to go and you slide down. And now Marino, you've got your, you've got your hand on his boat, your hand. That's, that's free by the way, as you uh, had lost your gauntleted armored hand and you're hanging on to him as he looks like he's going to plummet. And it's got that classic, since there's so much lubrication in the hand, it's just slipping and slipping and slipping. And the dog's like next to you, barking and growling and barking. Pharaoh and Jack, what are you two doing? So Pharaoh just picked up a hook that she had kind of thrown over her back. So she's going to try to take that and see if she can kind of get it sort of like under an elbow or under an armpit or something like I'm not trying to literally hook him but I suppose if I like critically fail Roll a combat test. what happens Roll a combat okay. test as you just try to hook him <laughs> I, I think you should just do that he's an android he can take it oh a minute we've got two left I'm gonna take one of them so that I'm rolling is under 75 okay we're almost done it's a 50 under 75 you slam the that barb into his back dragon you can feel as as you are slipping and slipping at it at it out of uh, marino's hands and you feel something pierce your back the dog kind of howls almost if it it just got uh it just got stabbed and dragon your weird? your internal systems suddenly like register another kind of foreign something as you mm. feel something inject out of that barb and into your system once more. Oh no. You feel this strange um, kind Aww. of competing level of like, as if whatever was just injected into you 
is almost like trying to attack. It's trying to bypass the firewall that you had set up for your leg and it's trying to push past it and push past it. Uh, and it seems to be like, like it's going directly after whatever infection you have in your leg. The good news is that you have kept Dragon from falling. Uh, I'll say just to keep it fun, take a point of damage, Dragon, because you did get stabbed with a needle in the back. Hey, wow, I was Suck one up, point buddy. of damage away from a wound. Are <gasps> you really? Yeah. Holy oh, no. You wounded me. Good job. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No. I infected uh, you with something and I wounded you. You did. I was just Thank trying you. to save you. You are you? saving me so hard. Thank you. <laughs> Let the infections and the wounds all Oh, God. <laughs> okay. It's so good. It's a four-way battle for Dragon oh. Soul. As you stab into him and you and Marino, Pharaoh, are pulling him up, the barb just slashes across his back, and somehow, as it you're you're kind of pulling it away, you slice off three of Dragon's fingers, which go falling down off the side. And you would think they'd fall really far, but they actually don't fall very far. As only about seven feet below you, you see a massive pool of rapidly rising blood or red liquid that they just plop down into. And as you're watching, you can see that there is there are things in that liquid. Do you see the tentacle things, like you know, flying around, you know, flying around a bit here and there? Uh, but dragon, you are missing three. You are bleeding, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, but at the very least, you have not fallen all the way down in this thing and been swallowed up. Uh, what do you all? So are you now just making a break for it? Yes. Okay. So I very much appreciate getting out of here. So dragon, <laughs> you're moving. You can feel again that whatever is in you, it just pushes past that firewall that you put in your leg, and you can feel your leg kind of start to come almost for a moment, kind of come back for a second. You start feeling the the feeling starts coming back to it. The motorization is working. The knee actually bends. Some of the rigidity is starting to fade, and you feel yourself as you're running and you're running. It actually comes back now. By the time you feel it in its sort of full mobility, you you all have outpace the liquid ever so slightly and you can see above you where you entered that hatch has closed uh, and you have to get out of it and you can see just like above where there's the dome and there's that kind of like the cylindrical slot where you can put your everyone put their arm in I would say uh, Jack it occurs to you that that thing that cylindrical shape is roughly the same size and its diameter as the rod that you had picked up and that you now have on your belt Good, darn good thing I took that and passed the save. All right, that rod's going in there. Let's hope it closes the hole behind us. You grab that, you grab the rod off your belt, and the minute you make contact with it, you just, oh God, feel that horrible, revolting feeling. But you, again, you keep it at bay. You manage to, to put the rod in what effectively is some kind of keyhole, and like you guys anticipated before, you just return it ever so slightly, and then you watch the spiraling open. All of you feel this blood begin to pour upwards and almost sort of drowns you it's over your 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 ankles you can feel it up your shins a few of you feel like something moving around kind of grabbing you but you're all able to to quickly clamber out uh and into the chamber above you turn around just in time to see the water like spouting up a tentacle kind of rising free trying to climb up what do you guys do as it looks like one of those cephalopods is trying to climb out with you 
start firing. Shotgun okay. blanket on it. He throws the blanket, Dragon, you throw the blanket down on top of it, and the rest of you are just firing, firing down. The blanket's getting torn to shreds at this point, but you are managing to, to fill up that hole. I'll say then, at this point, like the blood pours out a little bit onto the surface. You're not sure if you've killed the cephalopod, but at the very least it hasn't emerged. But at a certain point, that substance does seem to, to abate. Couple beats go by. Doesn't look like anything's moving. Doesn't look like anything's kind of going to come back out. And you work your way back out of this uh, this dome structure that you're in out into the surface. Anyone doing? Anyone want anything to do? Anything? Or excuse me. Anyone want to do anything I, before I kind of narrate the end? Jack, I would allow you to make your own decision, but I will say that after being punctured by that. Hook, my leg is operating again. Perhaps it is some form of antibody. I know Jack is working off of the stem pack you gave him, but that will wear off soon. There is some I... risk. It is unknown alien technology, but I feel better, and I would like for you to not be taken over by an alien organism. Please don't chop off his fingers, it. too. All right. Hit me, Doc. Hey, Hook. Oh, I'm sorry. So, Pharaoh's going to swing the hook at, uh, at Crow's back. Okay. Yeah. Uh, one point of damage. You're fine. Uh, unless that makes you take a wound. Um, Pharaoh got three kills already. She's looking to yeah. round it up to a even it five. It does not take, make me take hey, three it. kills and three fingers. I will say, obviously, Dra a Dragon has probably wrapped something around his finger, so he's not taking the bleeding. We don't need you to play that out specifically, but you've wrapped it around, and you guys are limping back. Jack, you feel the the same thing, the barb go into your back. And while you don't have those sort of internal sensors that Dragon does, you do feel that horrible nausea and that that intense sense of fatigue and disorientation that was coming over you moments after getting bit by the cephalopod. It does seem to dissipate to a degree. It does. You don't really feel that kind of terrible feeling any further. So you guys continue to, to lumber back, go down into that that impact crater. You find the, the drop box. Uh, this whole time you guys have been lugging these big old containers. You dump them into the various trays. You see that there is a verification that comes up on the CRT screen. Uh, and you see that there is a message that says, stand by as the friendly automated voice comes on. An extraction ship has been set to your location. You guys gotta wait around a bit. Wait around a bit. And it's not gonna be like instantaneous, but we'll say a couple hours pass. Maybe a full day you camp out. But eventually a ship comes down, lands, person comes out. It's like, are hey, you all the, uh, you all that recovery team? You betcha. No, it's those guys over there. Yeah, just point to uh, an empty area. That's fine. If that's the case, then I guess we better get going then, since you guys are them. Hold on, no, 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 no. Oh, okay. You're the smart one. That's the smart ass one. Gotcha. Okay. Yes, yes that is exactly it. Get me off this rock. Well, that's all fine and good, but uh, go ahead and give me a hand with that there box. And you see, like, they bring out this, like, this contraption to get that metal, like, deposit box. But they're letting you guys in. Guess 
So one by one, like you guys all kind of climb on. And it's not like you have places to, to sort of stay, but there's like a, a basic mess and everything. Mm-hmm. You hear the dog growl every now and then. As we take off, you hear the voice of the guy, all right, we're going to head over to Hardlight Station. Uh, going to have to get on over to the Nakatomi offices to collect your pay. Uh, you guys look like you got plenty of stuff here. They might want to give you a bonus or stuff. Just don't say anything to that smart ass over there. And that's what you hear, Pharaoh. And that's what you hear, Dan. But Jack and Dragon, there is another voice that has weaved into your heads and minds. And it's been it's been a weird hour or two or three hours as you hear this kind of strange kind of hive, this echo of like a thousand voices, this there is something in your brains, something in your minds. You can feel something reaching out, something alien, trying to communicate desperately. And every every now and then, Dragon, when you look down at Hera Jones, it looks up at you, bears its teeth momentarily, growls, and then it lays down at your feet, kind of whimpering at that point. And Aww. I think that's where we're going to end, right on that little moment. Hey. All right. Poor Hair Jones slash the thing slash Hair Jones. You guys survived ish. <laughs> I got to kill ish. things and stab ish. two of my party members. You guys you are did. great. Arrow was badass. <laughs> yeah. 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 We'll just kind of close it down. Uh, let's see. What do we got going on coming up tomorrow? Uh, One Ring, Monday, Holler, Tuesday, Steven. What do we got? Playing some Forbidden Lands. Uh, Jeff will be there. Melissa will be there. Uh, they got out of the dungeon with a new friend, an otter that managed to survive. So we'll see how that goes Indeed. if they manage to stay friends. Fantastic. Uh, and if you haven't heard, a few of us are going to Gen Con next week. So we will not be here Thursday. We will not be here Friday. We will not be here uh, Saturday. You're still going to see us Monday. You're still going to see us Tuesday. Uh, but die. Uh, Delta Green in one ring. We're off next week. But you can see us for the next few days. Uh, but otherwise, have fun. Uh, we're going to go ahead and raid our friends at DOK to finish the Kobolds. They're playing uh, some Universe Ball anthologies. So follow the raid. We'll see you later. Thanks for joining us tonight. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. <laughs>